<laughs> yeah, I mean, guys, I know, like, we want you to be our friends at the end of this, but I'm sensing a lot of hostility in the room here. You know, we, we can, we've overcome more <laughs> in our time together, but this is a new frontier <laughs> for our friendship. I'm, I'm seriously debating, Aaron, should we let them have a movie, like, just throw it in and make it a 10 instead of an 8? I don't know. But I don't know. Does it does it ruin the efficacy of the bracket if we just let these it does. It schmoes just, it come in? Remain yeah. If we're coming in as guests, I would prefer to respect the yeah. process. What you have done so far. And pick up where you guys have left off. Tell me this then. if if uh, <laughs> So you're thinking that Toy Story would have beaten Ratatouille eventually or even Coco? I think it had a case to make, yeah. Oh, okay. Gosh. I'm just saying Toy Story in my book is more impactful, better artistry than Rescuers Down Under. Ooh. A sequel nobody asked for or wanted. <laughs> but Burn. Is, it, is Rescuers Down Under better than its original? I mean, that's a question too. Yes, is. but isn't a that a pretty sequel. low bar? It's also like completely forgettable. Uh, the first one, yes. The second one, not as much with, the, with those flight sequences and some of the humor. What we'll say to both of you and 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 we, and we want to be respectful here is that um it's our fucking list and if you don't agree with us <laughs> if you don't like big red gum then fuck you basically we walked in and like uh we walked into this saying yeah we picked 64 movies i bet the movie you like isn't even on that first 64 and to that we say we Fine. tried i mean <laughs> we're, we're not doing this for you we just, yeah. no hey. let's stick to the original yeah, eight exactly All right. we, we just, are we are your here. guests yeah we're here okay. to respect the process and your foundation and we're just gonna build off of it well they're sam and Paige, and they're aaron and elizabeth <laughs> and oh. we are all married, married to, to the, the idea. idea whoops <laughs> <laughs> marvelous married rides again Welcome, Sam and Paige, to the podcast. I feel like I should really say welcome, Aaron, to the podcast, because <laughs> today, Sam and Paige and I are all together, and Aaron is the one left all alone. We are Sad in beautiful Aaron. Savannah, Georgia. We're lucky enough to have Elizabeth spare some time away from her family from their beach vacation on Tybee Island to hang with us here on the mainland. Aaron couldn't make it, unfortunately, <laughs> but he joins us through the magic of Discord. I thought you were going to say, and Aaron couldn't. Care less. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping that one. Yeah, yeah. That that's definitely a little bit more closer to the truth. No, uh, <laughs> I love Savannah, and I don't mind hanging out on a beach. But uh, unfortunately, work was a little bit too important. Understood. Well, that's okay because we finally found something that is important enough to take you away from work, and that is the damn bracket. For those of you who don't know, the damn bracket is the Disney animated movie madness bracket, or the D-A-M-M. And we are very excited to have Sam and Paige here for our final round. This is a three-part episode, and we've never, ever done before. So I'm really excited to mess around in the space and play with everybody and see whose heart gets broken and what friendships we make along the way. Uh, let's quickly go over the ground rules before we get into our Elite Eight. Uh, number one, we're certain that the movie you love isn't on the list. Tough. Uh, secondly, winners are going to be determined based on the following. Nostalgia. Just that good nostalgia, Disney nostalgia that we're looking for. Quality. is a film of a high quality caliber. Rewatchability. Regardless of quality, would you watch this movie again and again and again and again? And then least problematic. I think most of our movies 
that have been problematic have left by this point, but someone's surely going to find something as we proceed forward. We also have a veto power, and in order to make sure that Sam and Paige have a voice, I am giving them... We are, we are sharing collectively my veto on our side of the screen. So during each round, Aaron and myself and Simon Page each have one veto that you can use to strike down the other person, but you only get the one per round, so you need to save it for where it counts. And I already know that Aaron and I are going to try to veto each other on one of these, so we'll have to see how it plays out. This is going to be the more involved of our episodes because before we had to literally get through 32 matchups in an hour, and it took forever. But now that we're here, we can have fun in the space and just get really angry and violent, which is what Disney is all about. Yes, Paige. I have a question. (laughs) Yes. So when we are determining these factors, do we rate it in like a one to five scenario and then do the math or are we just like, if you would like to at this point in the game, we've only been like, I feel hard enough about this that the other person backed down. (laughs) We could be more diplomatic in this, but honestly, for so many of them, it's just gut reaction. Like, well, it's got to be this one. But then. If someone else feels differently or strongly, I'm certain I'm going to disagree with both of you here in the studio and they'll beat me to death with these microphones and then you'll get my veto. You have really great sound effects, though. Thank you. (laughs) The Foley will just be on point. On point. All right. Uh, We're going to start up in our top quarter and you guys all have these to uh, watch along with as well. We've been posting on the Facebook page. So our first matchup, uh, uh, Sam and Paige don't know this. My first uh, bracket, my first quarter got just heavily screwed because I had Wreck-It Ralph going all the way to the final four and that got kicked out in the very first matchup at request of Aaron so I'm I'm a little sore about this one of these movies Zootopia versus Toy Story 2 and we gotta start with with this one that's tough because these are the this is the only one that's kind of a tough choice for me okay of the remaining eight the rest I have a strong opinion on tough the rest I can like make an argument for the one I think is better in my opinion, but this one is, this is a genuine toss up to me. Hmm. Reason being, they are both very, very, very good for somewhat different reasons. Agreed. Yeah. One of these was made to like tug on your nostalgia heartstrings. Did you ever have a toy that you let go and abandoned? That toy never forgot that. Uh, I just but got then- chills all over my body. <laughs> I don't know if it's because of the ceiling fan or thinking about Jesse. But- <laughs> agreed. And then this other, this other movie is also very important for the time that it came out. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. impactful in that way. However, I am salty about it getting this far, so I may not be qualified to answer this particular question. Aaron, what are your thoughts on our matchup today? Uh, so all of these four matchups that we're going to talk about, um, in the elite eight of the, the Disney movies that we talked so far, um, all of them are really tough matchups for me because all of them are high up on my list. Um, but you seem to know that you have an answer. So what are your feelings on this one? Um, you can send some page. He's beating around the bush. Answer the (laughs) question, sir. I need to know. (laughs) Did you order that code red? You asked me about my opinion. This is my thing. Um, for this one, it's easier, not because I don't like the movies as much, but because there's a distinct like of difference in liking them. I just, I prefer Zootopia over it. Toy Story 2 is an amazing movie. It built off of greatness just to become even greater. 
and um even toy story 3 and toy story 4 tried to get what uh, toy story 2 had um and really toy story 3 is the closest that i got got back to that um, i would hate to but- think that future toy story sequels are tainting your view of toy story 2 because toy story 2 is a banger and probably a perfect sequel not a perfect movie but a perfect sequel. Yeah, I was about to jump on that because I remember back in the day, whenever we would talk about movies, we'd be like, oh, the sequel always is like so much worse than the first one. And then everybody would come in and be like, except Toy Story 2. You know, like that would always be the exception. For, For the sake of the other sequels out there, there are other really good ones that are just as good or better as sequels than Toy Story 2. The Godfather. Oh, come on. Empire Strikes Back. Aliens. Aliens. Terminator Wayne's two. World 2, Terminator <laughs> 2. Those all oh, exceeded <laughs> exceeded. I'm, uh, what? I'm sorry. Take it take a step back. We, uh we've got to address this. You think Wayne's World 2 is better than Wayne's World? Never said better. I said as good or better. In that case, I really think Wayne's World 2 is as good as Wayne's World 1. I'll give you that. Okay. Yeah. I was like I was about to, I'm like Rob Lowe is the villain. It blows uh the the uh Christopher Walken type guy, if it's not Christopher Walken, out of the water. But it's just, Wayne's Rob World Lowe 1 does not like, have Christopher Walken dancing at any point. And that's, no, that's but it treasure. has Rob Lowe as a old guy in a mask at the end. Like, I mean, also Tia Carrera, but she's in both. I've um, never seen Wayne's World 2, Paige. <gasps> I have. It's just been a very long time ago, and I've seen Wayne's World way more, you know? Yeah. It's the original. Yeah, I would say so those like are... I can't really I'd say those that. two are just as good, but I think Godfather 2 is better than Godfather 1. Mm. I think Empire Strikes Back is better than Star Wars. So why haven't you really pushed for me to see Godfather 2? <laughs> I have, but we don't own a copy. <laughs> oh, in, the past, and then, in the past five uh, hours I've spent with you and Sam, he's made no less than six Godfather references. I really think he does want you to watch the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> me incepting page. I've watched Gilmore Girls a lot, so I feel like I've just seen all of them. <laughs> it's different. I mean, they do, they do reference it, almost all of the movie. <laughs> There, there's an online critic that I watch, and because of that, I've basically seen movies that I never really want to see, but I, people have always told me, oh, you need to watch this at some point. Like, well, I've seen enough clips. I'm good. But, yeah. like, yes, the Empire, only... Godfather 2, Dark Knight. Like, there's there's so many, like, that are sequels that are better. It, it, good movies in their own right, but also better Aliens, than the original. Aliens, Last Jedi, Terminator 2. It's just so many. Oh. Last Je- <laughs> wow. In your house. Yeah. In your house on this, the day your daughter's went. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you, but making any mention to the sequel trilogy is uh, treacherous ground. Well, then what we'll say is that because of its Godfather references, do you think Zootopia should win? Because it does reference the Godfather. <laughs> oh, that's so true. That was great. No, that is a nice factor and it does build its case to me but it's it's really a toss-up and if you'd let me elaborate why indulge me if you will um toy story 2 dare dare (laughs) toy story 2 fantastic sequel fantastic movie it goes beyond trying to assume your place as you view it in your child's eye but it's from a toy's view what happens when that child no longer wants you what is your purpose then do you pursue something else Maybe it's less meaningful, but it's something more long-term, like being a collector's item in a museum in Japan. But it was just kind of a sequel. A great one. Again, it got nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars that year. Like, There's a reason for that. But if you look at movies as art and how art imitates life and art as commentary, Zootopia was saying 
they were portraying a very intentional message with it. And they did it very well with wonderful characters, great story, and something that's very appropriate and necessary, especially when it came out. So if I had to pick one, I would probably give it to Zootopia. All right, we have our first actual definite pick. Paige, what do you think? I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I went into it being like, I don't know. It's a toss-up. I like both of them. And then once people started talking, I was like, Toy Story 2, for sure. That's my pick. <laughs> oh, we've got our but then schism. Once, but then once you start talking, I'm like, no, Zootopia, Zootopia is more important <laughs> for the children. You Remember, know? you'll note, Paige, one of the qualifiers is not, is this movie art? Um <laughs> That don't mean Jack. <laughs> okay, okay. Then let's let's really look at the four yes. okay, categories. Yeah, let's let's revisit the criteria. Yeah. Criteria number one: nostalgia. Toy Story two is a greater nostalgia 100%. base, yeah. and it's I older. think our older movies are going to have that. Yeah, for in us. our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we old. Yes, quality. <laughs> Personally, I think it's pretty. I think it's a toss up on quality between the two of them. Both are fantastic. Um, rewatchability. Same. I have seen. No, I have seen Zootopia many more times recently than I have seen Toy Story two. I used to watch Toy Story two a lot though when I was a kid. It was at the same time mm-hmm. that Finding Nemo came out, and it was those two movies and one other. Is it because you liked it a lot, or because at that time all we had were our DVDs and VHS tapes? Mm. Hard to say because you're right. Since we now have Disney Plus, like what movie do we want to watch? I find myself drifting to our more recent films. It's the Renaissance mm-hmm. films and then the films of the past 10 years. Those mm-hmm. tend to be the ones that were like, let's go watch that again. Uh, and then least problematic. And if we're going to talk problematic, we've got to talk our two villains. Conceptually, I don't think either villain is a very strong villain as far as Disney villains go. Um, I think they're the least interesting parts of their respective movies because a villain isn't required for these stories. These stories are about man versus like society as and opposed and to an like, evil person yeah, yeah the, and they're both like a twist yeah, yeah. well the, the villains aren't the main <laughs> the villains in these movies aren't the main antagonists of the stories yeah. is the thing that they both have in common the antagonist in toy story 2 is what is my purpose well, the uncertainty of one's purpose yeah existentialism thank you aaron the villain of zootopia is bias and racism the villains are just sort of playing into that and exactly. reinforcing that idea so the fact that even the villain structure is similar for these movies makes this so hard yeah. to decide. Yeah. We actually were debating whether or not we would include Pixar movies in this final go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they so are a step above. It's, it's a different sort of mode, and we didn't want to change things up too hard. Aaron, yeah. what are you thinking? Well, um, I, Paige, actually, or I don't, actually, I don't know if it was Paige or Liz, uh, but one of you brought up the 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 fact of like has the toy story sequels and not necessarily declining quality but uh, have they essentially gone against toy story 2 um and like say like dark knight rises may go against dark knight um it may actually influence uh my decision a little bit not because toy story 2 has had any decline in quality but the the message of Woody returning to Andy, um, and then abandoning and then leave, yes. Bonnie essentially in four, um, and then you know, and then Andy forgetting about him because he grew up. Toy Story three, like as someone who was Andy's age and one, and then had either gone to college or was in college at Toy Story three, these movies hold a very special place in my heart. But it 
it does hurt looking back at the choices these characters made throughout all four movies versus just looking at the movie itself. So there is a little bit of tainting going on. So Zootopia, I think, just edges it out um, in a couple different areas. The villain is still pretty weak, but I enjoy her as a villain overall. The twist is a little still very weak in the worst part of the movie, but she's still a better twist villain in that right than Stinky Pete, even though I adore um, Kelsey Grammer, um, personal issues aside. Uh, His voice I, acting. I, I got to go with Zootopia. Now, uh, all right. Now, Sam is here shaking his head so, so dejectedly. Remember, Sam, there is a veto. You can use it this early. There's still three other matchups to go. But if you don't like what I'm about to say, you may decide to use our veto, our collective veto on this first round. Remember, we still have three more to go. Something to think about. So which way are you leaning? I'm actually leaning Zootopia. I I would be okay with that. Yeah, I agree with you both. Okay. Why, why would I veto that? Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I, then I we finally have like... our first answer. No, I'm sorry. I just, I didn't want to hurt anyone. Yeah. Wait, it's actually, easier when it's me and Aaron. Are, wait, are we voting for which one should be eliminated or which one should advance? Should advance. Okay, then yes, I agree with you both. Okay. Yeah. Zootopia is our first winner moving on to the Fantastic Four. Final Four. Sorry. It's it's not a superhero movie, guys. Fan forced it. Fan forced it. All right. Um, which is also Disney. This next matchup, I, we're not I going request, to do next. Yeah, we're gonna skip yeah, this one to the I end. I request to skip that one. Make we're that skipping one our second one. quadrant one. That's mm. gonna be the one we fight about most. And yep. uh, we're gonna move on to our third quadrant: Ugh. the Emperor's New Groove versus Encanto. <sighs> So hard. Okay, well, this is probably let's, hard let's, to let's, me let's, too. Let's, let's get the obvious criteria out of the way. Nostalgia, Nostalgia Emperor's yeah. New Groove. Yes. Encanto came out three Recently, months ago. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rewatchability. We have rewatched Encanto three times in one month. We're kind of slightly addicted. And I've rewatched Emperor's New Groove dozens of times. Billions of times. Oh yes. I, I would speci- I would specifically bring Emperor's New Groove on road trips where I had a DVD player because I could watch the movie and there was like an interactive game where you had to give trivia um uh, about the movie. So you had to be like, "Hey, what color was this particular character's poncho?" And like if you answered it, you got to go on because it was uh Cusco and Kronk, sorry, Cusco and Pacha racing against uh Isma and Kronk. So there were so many. Remember why when they I used wanted... to have fun with DVD bonus features? Do you remember that? <laughs> Studios were like, man, we can do this. We should do this. And then they just quit. But also, we do shouldn't you be judging Pixar the Blooper movie Reels? based on the DVD extras. But it's. Yeah. No, this is. This is strictly rewatchability. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That plays yeah. into the nostalgia. Oh, Aaron does have a, a secret. <laughs> qualifier that he uses for all of our contenders and and perhaps eventually during the show oh, he will tell you what it I is didn't do that for the last you one. didn't I, too um, late <laughs> can't go back well actually uh, that would have given up a, uh, a small point in uh toy story 2's favor because because there was the, an actual level for it you want to tell them what the yeah. secret uh factor is aaron it's not a true factor it's just something fun i i call it the khv or the kingdom hearts value and uh <laughs> what how how good the level in Kingdom Hearts would be <laughs> if it was a level actually in Kingdom Hearts. So um, they actually had a Toy Story level in the la- uh, the most recent game, um, and it was actually a pretty fun level. Uh, you actually were transformed into a action figure toy type thing, and so you were doing things in smaller scale. So it was kind of not. It was the only Disney fun. World we ever. One? The only that was the only Disney World 
one level we ever went to that made me feel like they actually tied in the themes of the movie to the themes of the game. All the others were just set dressing. Yeah, the rest of that game was ass. Yeah. I just got to say it. Aaron loves Kingdom it, Hearts so hard, and I don't understand it. I get I'm, why. I'll, I'll, I get why certain parts, like when the Beast shows up for the first time, I screamed. Absolutely, I did. But I don't know why these two things are together. These two things are probably good on their own. I don't know why they're together. Because two things Japan it's, loves, it's anime and it's Disney movies. That's it. That's all it is. All right. It, it was born because a, <laughs> uh, a guy was in an um, elevator and a Disney executive and a um, Square Enix or Square uh, executive walked on and just started talking. And the guy was like, wouldn't that be kind of interesting? And then we have the giant ass convoluted story that that's is all Kingdom it takes. Hearts, just so. be in the right elevator. I guess that's why they have elevator pitches. But you know, the first Kingdom Hearts so. game was terrific. It was fantastic. I loved except it. Except for that first, except for uh, the opening world. Uh, the opening world is a slog to get through. And it's, Those still, fucking it's, a, mushrooms. it's better openings. Those fucking mushrooms. <laughs> I will say this. Um, I am definitely leaning one direction over the other. Um, and it's it, But I'm trying to be a little bit more um, equal and logical about it. Um, I will say with the uh, secret special uh, KHV value or the KH value, <laughs> um, I think Encanto actually would win in that category because an Emperor's New Groove level would be funny, but I th think it'd be very brief, very short. Whereas in Encanto level, with them working with their powers and like having Isabella uh, and Luis or Luisa uh, actually like using their powers to help fight Heartless and like you have to escort Mirabelle through the town at one point and she's like, but everything she's doing is helping you and the town out. Like, I, I'm like, I'm writing Kingdom Hearts 4 right now. You could so. make a whole game. I'm picturing like in a video game where Casita is like a hub world and each person's bedroom is its own level or mm -hmm. sub world. Like that could, that could, oh. that really lends itself well to game structure. Now, that's fantastic. see, like that's a TV, that's a movie video game tie in that would actually work. <laughs> now, so Paige is sitting do. here like, I don't know what any of these words are. Sorry, sorry, Paige. We went on. A, we went on a um, I do just want to say I feel like this is going in one direction, and it kind of breaks my heart. But all of these categories will kind of break my heart. That's the point of this. Yeah, <laughs> to hurt us. But good, can I just burn. say, in the defense of Emperor's New Groove, when else do we see a pregnant woman in any Disney movie? Paige, I'm going to level with you. I think I'm going to pick Emperor's New Groove. On really? This. I'm going to pick Emperor's New Groove. Okay. Oh okay. my god, I feel so much better. Because I love Encanto. Aaron is saying too. Like I love Encanto. So it's going to be a an amazing movie to talk about how our family places unnecessary burdens on us by what they expect or people expect of us, what we do, the toxic positivity, how to deal with family relationships. It's going to be amazing and perfect. Yeah, it's and a great mental health story. And yeah. we don't talk about Bruno slaps. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but, but since we're a bunch of millennials who grew up in a certain era, of course we have a soft spot for Emperor's New Yes. Movie. Is it objectively a better movie? I don't know. No. But no. I like it more right now. Exactly. Like, you don't... I think that's why the bracket is here. Yeah. I Obviously, wanna... Encanto's a better film, but Emperor's New Groove is going to win this because it shouldn't exist. Yes. And yet it does. <laughs> also... Sorry, it, Aaron, go ahead. It is the movie... Oh, no. It's it's the the cult hit that... Like, what Liz was saying, it shouldn't exist. It, it was this entire other movie for, I don't know, like 50 to 65% of its production time. And then they changed it uh, in like completely changed characters completely changed the story completely changed the art direction at one point too mm -hmm. to be this zany thing that people looked at and were like 
what in the world is this? I remember seeing the first trailer with um, uh, Pacha and uh, Cusco wrapped around the the, the log, <laughs> mm-hmm. floating Sharp down the river. At the bottom, and I'm likely. like, bring it on! Like that sold it for me. I'm like, was- I think I'm interested in watching this movie. And then it, it was it was Murder She Wrote after that. Infinitely uh, memorable, infinitely quotable. One day when we do the bracket ten years from now, we may change our minds on this. But yeah, yeah. I think it be Aladdin. We have, have to let it keep going. And think about the era in which Emperor's New Groove came out. That whole post-Renaissance era from Fantasia 2000 to Meet the Robinsons, up to Bolt even, I would say. Kind of schlumpy. Yeah. It's it's just a lot of weird, like Disney kind of was figuring out what its identity is. Mm-hmm. Emperor's New Groove, I think, really stands out in that because they made some good movies during that time, but none of them really follow the formula, quote-unquote, the same way they had in the past. They were willing to experiment and try new stuff. They made Atlantis and Treasure Planet in that era, too. And yeah. Like, they, like they Epic were trying adventure sci-fi stories yeah like so out of the box yeah which at the time i guess kind of hurt them because people were like what is this i want familiar but now we look at it like whoa this was the last time D- disney was willing to take risks and try new things mm-hmm. and emperor's new groove was I, one of that and, and until i would actually say now there's been some risks that they've been taking that have been paying off in dividends um and we could talk about that more uh, in a different time, but like there in that time frame that you're talking about, Sam, this is like some of the biggest peaks and valleys for these kind of movies because you have Emperor's New Groove, you have um, oh the one that there's one that came right out after it and was not great. Home on the Range. Like, I think. That that is deep the deepest valley. That is the deepest <laughs> yeah, valley yeah. freaking ever for Disney. But like, yeah, you have like Meet the Robinsons, Treasure Planet, um, Atlantis, all in this time. Visual spectacles, each in their own right. And Paige was just crying about amazing. Meet the Robinsons earlier. How she was so sad it didn't get farther. <laughs> so sad. Um, it, Aaron had to call. It's his favorite movie too, and he had to call that it oh, like move on. What was it up against again? We put that movie up against a goofy movie, which oh. is Aaron's other favorite movie. Oh, so man. good. Oh. It was a, a, uh, like your yes. semifinal so matchup yeah, for you, seriously. Aaron. Exactly. It, it, if we had We two, already eliminated like, Wally and I picked and each movie. Oof. Yeah, if if Liz and I actually picked our top ten movies and ranked them like that and then put them into the rankings like that. This would be a lot different, but we, we I was glad that we chose. It, so some heartbreaker started right out the gate and mm-hmm. made us really think about it. And but that, that's pro- that's probably the biggest heartbreaker, truth, at least for me, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep oh, moving I will forward. sob. Oh, I cry at the end. Oh. I know. I we've got twi- our and the twist villain is so good in it too. It's oh, like, so good. <laughs> we've got another winner. Then our third quadrant, Emperor's New Groove, moves on to the final four. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> I'm not going to have no, any regrets no about this next one, too. It is Tangled versus Ratatouille. I'm calling it now. It's Tangled. I know my answer, but I want to hear you explain why Tangled first. Okay. Well, one, we just watched it last night. So that's the first thing. Uh, <laughs> second, bias. Okay. No, uh, very biased. No, I love Ratatouille. Um, but I think overall Tangled. I know we just talked about Emperor's New Groove being so amazing and out of the box and different. Tangled hits all the little check marks in a classic Disney movie. I don't even hate that it's 3D animated. And I really tend to harp on that forever because I'm a 2D animator till I die. But Tangled is such a good story. We have watched the entire three season animated TV series based on it. We watched the little shorts for it. Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi are so perfectly cast. It breaks my heart. And while we're at two, he does have the ending scene that's like 
gut punches that talks about the nature of criticism in such a cool way with such a cool character and even though it is a brad bird pixar story that talks to more adults or doesn't talk down to children in the same way that incredibles does the whole movie overall i think tangled is a better movie in its entirety than ratatouille aaron your response so in this uh these matchups we've gone from probably the easiest though being so tough to third to second so this is the second most tough matchup in this round for me and honestly um when i was going through the bracket and filling out everything up to the to the winner um i would make a star next to a particularly tough matchup um on mine I have three stars next to this one specifically, <laughs> and then a star on all four of these. But this one is tough, and then this next one is going to be tough as well, because even though I had the matchup a little different, it was still an incredibly hard matchup for me. Um, I I love both of these movies. Um, I put Ratatouille higher on my Pixar list than probably anyone else for a multitude of reasons. Um, the art direction and the visuals for this were stunning for the time, um, and they've aged pretty well. Patton Oswald as uh, Remy is a just a wholesome and just giving character. Um, I really like uh, Linguini. Um, he was a little weaker than some of the other side characters. Like, And that's the thing, too, is they had all these other side characters, which apparently had more involvement in the movie before they did some a bunch of script rewrites so you have some really cool interesting people that barely get talked about and they leave whenever they find out that Lewinguini was lying so it it kind of wasn't as good of a payoff but when I think about Tangled I think about how great it is I think about how beautiful it is I think about how well casted Mandy Moore is how the music I I worked at a place where um, we had to wear earplugs because it was so loud. It was on a production floor. And I would sneak in an earphone, and there was more than one night where I listened just to the soundtrack um, and basically sang along because nobody could hear me. (laughs) Um, And I sang uh, um, When My Life Would Begin, and I just felt Mainly more in that, or I felt Rapunzel in that. Um, I think Rapunzel is one of the best Disney princesses of all time. Um, I think Flynn is an incredible character. I love Zachary Levi. I've loved him since um, Chuck, and I continue to love him. And the fact that they both love these characters and the story so much that they came back for the television show, and the television show is amazing in its own right, possibly one of the best movie tv shows of all time oh it is i mean we watched the aladdin tv show and we watched the little mermaid tv show this is this is quality you can there, watch you, this like, there's you don't feel ashamed when you tell someone that <laughs> but like tangled is one like people love to compare it to frozen and to me there's no comparison absolutely frozen not. has too many issues and there there's there's not that many overall, but there's too many issues that are big enough that I look at Frozen and I go, it, it was overhyped. It's not a bad movie, but it was overhyped. Tangled is better than Frozen. It's one of the best Disney animated studios pictures now. Unfortunately, getting under some other things, like if it went up against Encanto, Encanto would win. Oh, really? Um, just because the story is just a little stronger overall. But well, I'm, I'm I'm going tangled. I'm excited to hear Sam and Paige's reactions on this because 
some of these are just so easy and I really like having this wild card in the mix of the two of you not knowing what you're going to say just being like actually no and we're going to use our veto here and now Paige do you want to go first or should I I'll go first because I'll be quick and I know that you're going to have something really thoughtful and important to say and if I went after you I'd just been like yeah what he said (laughs) (laughs) so like just a few things stand out for my case for Tangled also is it's the 50th for a reason it's taking a really weird old story and making it into something like really important and beautiful like, I feel like they just put a lot of thought and care into all of this. You got Minkin. You've got Mandy. You've got beautiful art everywhere. And this is one of those movies where I'm like, I don't question anything. I believe everything. And I will sob when they're in the boat looking at the lanterns. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So that's all I have to say about that. It's just like a gut for, for me. No offense to uh, the other beautiful film. Yeah, Which Tan- I do love, and it was a great ride at Disney World. <laughs> Super fun. <laughs> yeah, Tangled was awesome. And we were talking about the uh, post-Renaissance era of Disney when they were trying a bunch of different stuff. Some worked, some didn't. Like for every Treasure Planet or Meet the Robinsons, there was a home on the range. It was just a kind of a mixed bag. Then you come to the revival period, as they're calling it now. And two of the first ones in there were Princess and the Frog and Tangled. Tangled was Disney coming back to its roost. They're like, oh, you know what we haven't done in a while? Made a fucking princess movie. A white blonde princess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I guess guess you're right. Back to roost. Plus, Rapunzel was a movie that Walt Disney himself wanted to make at some point, but like other stuff just got in the way. So for them to bring back that era of Disney movies with that story and that movie in that style, doing it as well as they did was awesome. But I still like Ratatouille better. Whoa! Whoa! Snap. Yes, and here's why. I'm a pretentious film school kid. Oh, there it is. But here, here's <laughs> it's more than just pretension and uh, my biases toward the mainstream. It's really, I, I look at movies, not just how they hit me, but what they're trying to say, how well they say it, and how artfully they can depict and push the envelope in certain areas. Tangled, as great as it was, didn't really try anything new. It stuck to a safe, tried and true formula that works, and we love it. I'm not going to tell them to stop. But inject that shit straight into my veins. But Ratatouille tackles a much bigger picture here. It's like, what is art? Who gets to be a great artist and a great creator? And what are the obstacles in the way of that? Remy being... And privilege. Yeah, and privilege. Remy being a rat had this gift and this passion for for food and for being a chef and he had to like literally make miracles happen by pulling someone's hair to exercise this passion that he had think about the first time you saw remy combine cheese and a strawberry Mm -hmm. the way they use color and motion to convey taste they conveyed taste in an animated film and it made sense visually and it all being wrapped up so nicely with that monologue by Peter O'Toole, Lord bless and keep him. It just drove the whole thing home. So I really think Ratatouille as a movie did more while trying something new and hit me harder in the feels than Tangled did for different reasons. Yeah, I can see those pitch meetings. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) How about a princess? 
Okay. Done. How about a rat who wants to cook? What? <laughs> so, um, Sam, I will agree with you on a lot of that stuff because, yes, they did try a lot of different things. Having an animal um, in a human world protagonist that wasn't like just Fox and the Hound. It was a different kind of story. And truth be told, that taste scene is still an amazing scene. I wish they had actually done more with that, that like he started to allow other people besides his brother to be able to experience that with his food like i would love to have seen that explored a little further but the the one thing i'm gonna kind of disagree with you on is um that tangled didn't try anything new i feel like tangled took the original format of the the white princess white blonde princess or the the princess story and didn't necessarily turn it on its head, but look for ways, look for cracks in the box, essentially, to build out and still maintain that original structure. Because um, there's a lot of subtlety in Tangled. There's a lot of um, little moments that you don't really realize maybe on the first viewing. And some people did, and that's fantastic. But there's certain things that, I, especially spe- uh, for me specifically, there were so many things that they made into that movie. I didn't experience it until someone else told me about it. There's one point where we're looking at Flynn's eyes. You can actually see the reflection of Rapunzel in his eyes. The details in this movie, um, how Flynn looks at uh, uh, Rapunzel when she's not looking at him, that just the heart full of love. It is but one of the more believable more so, relationships that Disney has crafted. And the the show really expands on that. It's one of the better written villains that they've done in a long time. There's been some amazing villain work since we can even say like post Home on the Range, you know, in the start of the revival era. There have been some amazing villain stuff. I think Mother Gothel is one of the better ones because of how she treats Rapunzel, how she treats the situation as as a whole, and how secretly conniving she actually is, and like the gaslighting that she puts Rapunzel through, and how effective she is at it. Because she then essentially she's does a it twist to villain the, without being a twist. The, the, the audience knows she's evil, but our protagonist exactly. doesn't. Yeah, but and you, you she, not... she's playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. <laughs> like, I will exactly. say, like, yeah, like, there were some things that they tweaked a little bit. But again, the evil mother figure is nothing new. Mother Gothel, although do- it being presented a different way, even more sinister because it's less overt. Yeah, sure. And this movie did accomplish some good technical work, like with the reflection in the eye, like you said. I'm talking, like, trying something new in terms of story, in terms of concept, in terms of what idea can we tackle here? What concept can we try and discuss and make people scratch their heads about through a story? And I think Ratatouille did a better job of that. Like the way that they make it all about the fact that great artistry, great talent, great creativity can come from anywhere. And it's a matter of pursuing it and pushing for your dream. And it might not work out exactly like you want. Like Remy didn't end up working in that restaurant that he really liked, he opened his own place. He made it his own and he was still able to do it what he wanted over, overall. Like I'm just, re- it's a very monsters. You way to go about it. Actually, yeah. they flunked out of college, but it's okay. They still worked through the mailroom and made their way up through the ranks. Like, yeah. Well, now I don't need to watch monsters. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all that to say, like I, I, for all those reasons and for how much I loved the movies, both are great. I love both. But to me, Ratatouille is the winner. I don't think Sam's going to back down on this one. 
It doesn't have to be a unanimous and, decision. I mean, I'm out. I'm outvoted. I'm. I'll be okay with the result. I just want my opinion to be known. Yeah, and and truthfully, Sam, I agree with every single point that you're making. Ratatouille the, is one of like Anne's favorite movies. So, le- legitimately, I had the poster for the longest time. It's still in my top three or top five Pixar's of all time. Um, I'm also a little tied where, to Tangled right now because we just I, watched it. No, not even that. We should have watched Ratatouille last. <laughs> I know. I, I would have had more positive associations. No. Um, Think about the food that you see in both movies. In uh, Ratatouille, you've got all this beautiful food. The only food mentioned in Rap- in Rapunzel and Tangled is hazelnut soup. That shit sounds gross. But Tangled isn't about food. <laughs> but I like food. Also, what about Maximus's apples? I've made my point on an intellectual level. Now I'm just being petty. Let me be petty. <laughs> I had to let Tangled well, be I mean, Treasure ter- Planet, and I am now I'm now ride or die for Tangled. If it's gonna be Treasure Planet, it has to make it all the way also, to the end. Like, speaking about Maximus, if he wasn't there, this would have been a very different ending. For totally Tangled. different story. <laughs> I I don't know if you guys have seen Turning Red yet. Um, at this point, when we're recording this, it has no. been out for maybe about a week or so. Um, Turning Red is 100% not about food, but they definitely took uh, influence from like Chibi films and other animes. And there is one sequence a, that is just it's about an Asian family, food. so the food is like ooh. Kiss. Oh, the, I was drooling. It looked so good. It looked as good as you see in like some of the animes, uh, like those anime food sequences that everyone talks about. So, um, yes, unfortunately, I think Sam is in the minority on this one, and. Um, Ratatouille, you are on. You will always be forever uh, very high up in my heart. But um, also, if you've never seen, there's a TikTok or this woman who makes videos where she recreates the recipes that she sees either in Ratatouille or in other media's, and she recreated that cream soup near the beginning of the movie, and it looked fantastic. So she's doing <laughs> she's what binging with Babish does, her. except faster. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, good for her. Uh, also, she's got she's got a lot of pep and energy. By majority, Tangled moves on to the final four. We only have one more to talk about to make it into the final four before we move on. Um, and it's the one that's going to hurt Aaron the most. <laughs> I actually think everyone in the room and where I am is on my side on this one. So I'm going to let Aaron go first on this. Uh, we have for our final uh, Elite Eight matchup, a Goofy Moofy versus Beauty and the Beast. Dun, dun, dun. So, um, I don't know whether I should go first or go last. I've said everything I need to say about Beauty and the Beast in previous episodes of this podcast. (laughs) I'll let Sam and Paige talk about why they like whatever movie they like. I am not going to back down on this. And I know it's an emotional reason, but... When I went and watched the live action Beauty and the Beast and came away feeling so like weird and hollow and like, why didn't I like that? And I started poking all these holes in it and noticing all these problems. And I said to myself, was the original like even any good? Like I should just rewatch it. Just to be fair, I'm, I probably have some nostalgia goggles on. I'll just rewatch the original. I just watched the live action. I'll compare and contrast. And I was openly weeping by the end of that movie. And I realized that I am never going to be okay with that what they did to it it's because one was one was a thoughtful well-written well-produced story and the other was a soulless cash grab it's so with auto-tune it's so hard like there's so many things people have better qualified people have said about the remake what i will say about the original is that it stands it stands and it's been 
30 years and it still stands and it's still just as good and it's so rare that you get something 30 years old that hasn't faded or seen through different lenses it's it is my emotional pick but it's also my logical pick i pick it as the best disney movie hands down out of any animated disney movie over aladdin over the lion king it's my favorite and it's my pick sam what do you think about our matchup (laughs) I will say this, if we had done, if we had put a little bit more forethought into this, we may have actually broken the brackets down a little bit further and had, say, like a Pixar bracket, Disney animation bracket. We had discussed um, that going by the decades to see, but I do like that we have some, like, the fact that Emperor's New Groove is here is wildly exciting to me, which I do not think would have happened otherwise. So I'm pretty happy. Uh, I don't uh, know. What do you think, Sam? about our two contenders i like both movies both are fun both make me smile both make me happy both make me cry both mm-hmm. make me cry yeah mm-hmm. but beauty and the beast come on i mean you can't it's, it's difficult to compare again both are great i really think beauty and the beast holds a stronger place in my heart and there's a reason for that wildly different <laughs> wildly different yeah yeah for sure but i you know it, again, just like Toy Story 2, Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars that year. First animated movie to have done so. It lost to Silence of the Lambs, but nothing was going to beat that that year. So, I mean, with that said, I mean, yeah, it's it's the typical Disney template. It's about a princess. There is a castle. There is music. There is magic. There is love. There is a... There's an argument to be made, Sam, that the movie is actually not about Belle at all. It's, Ooh, do tell. Uh the personally, uh, if we look at the creators of the music, we have uh, Howard Ashman and Alan Menken. Uh, Howard Ashman, who pretty much brought the Disney company out of a grave and became the Disney Renaissance. He's the reason why we have Little Mermaid. He's the reason why we have Beauty and the Beast. He, they made the music. That's why. And he was such a proponent of musicals doing best in animated format because your brain has already shut off the thing that says, oh, there's a bunch of people singing their feels in front of me. Like in live theater, you already have your, it's a, it's a crab. It can do whatever it wants. It's singing, whatever. It's already animated. What does it matter? Um, and Howard Ashman was so integral to the stories because the the music is integral to the stories. If you cut out the music, you cut out the spine of that film. Um, I personally think, looking at the film, that the story is about uh, a man who has to learn to love himself and better himself and that how we outside and other people who are different than us how he does that to someone and then is done to him in return for his entire life i think that he is the beast is the one who has the character arc he is the one who grows and learns and gets better i personally think the film is much more about him and i love bell it's I, worth noting the beast was a child when the curse was put on him yeah which was a little Rude. little messed up when you think about it because what child's gonna let a stranger into their house exactly he was doing the right thing yeah i'm sure he was a dick about it yeah i'm sure he was and, but like and, people of that age and if he dicks. wasn't <laughs> and if he wasn't a child then he was an adult and that brings in some other issues as well but i i, I like I agree with Liz with the beast having the bigger arc. I think bell still has an arc, um, but it's a lot smaller. It, um, she's the same person I from do... the end. than she was. Yeah. She, she's still a good, like, that's why I think it's important to note. Like when we talked about the little mermaid earlier page, uh, I don't think that Ariel is well, who that movie's about. I think King Triton is our protagonist. Cause he's the one who actually has a character arc and grows and learns and, stops being an overprotective asshole and actually learns to let his daughter go and make her own decisions. Again, it's not about who the movie's about, but that's the person who has the character arc. Not every protagonist has to have a character arc, 
But I think it's interesting when you oh, look at those and break them down. Also, it's a little overrated. <laughs> little Mermaid? We think it's a little overrated. Oh, I'm not going to argue Cage. with you. Yeah. It's an okay movie I'm, with awesome music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's terrifying Disney ride. <laughs> <laughs> uh, terrifying, not for the reasons you'd think. Terrifying because the animatronics just look kind of jank. That's Air- the one. And the Ariel lighting is not is, flattering. Yeah. Ariel is scarier than Ursula <laughs> on that ride. Yeah. Our ride broke down in front of Ursula, Ugh. and I was like, hey, this is actually kind of fun. She just sings Poor Unfortunate Soul on repeat until the ride is fixed. Great song. We barely grazed past Ariel, and I was like, ah, go away. <laughs> It's so hard to make things beautiful. All I need is just one little snap and the whole illusion is shattered. One poorly placed light bulb. Just the one. Mm-hmm. Um, since we're since we're on a tangent, I forgot to talk about the KH value. Since of, we've uh, already walked matchup. off the path, let's yes. go further. <laughs> yeah, let's go just a little bit further. Um, the there, It's really funny because both of these movies specifically, uh, Tangled and Ratatouille, actually had involvement in the Kingdom Hearts 3 game specifically with Tangle having an entire level and Ratatouille uh, having a collect-a-thon minigame kind of thing. And I don't want to play Cooking Mama. I want to play Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> and so uh, that definitely the Tangled one was a lot better too. Plus Rapun- Rapunzel was actually your party member Flynn may have joined in at one point, but Rapunzel was your fighting member. Absolutely. That was cool. That game was still ass. It it had <laughs> cool moments. Aaron hasn't finished Overall, it yet. Like, Be nice, Sam. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. The reason I haven't finished it yet is because I'm I'm out of Disney levels. I'm now to like the end level, and I'm like, I don't care anymore. Whereas like, the first you. two games, I, I, like, I, the first two games, I cared enough about the story. But now I have no earthly idea what's going on. There's so much other lore that I don't understand. And it's just like, what happened to this pretty simple story that could easily been expounded, but not this extent? So I say just cut um, your losses and end the game on a high note, because after this point, it's all just nonsensical story and cutscene fatigue. Ah, Yeah, the animation's beautiful. I want to see them remake the, the beginning credits for Kingdom Hearts 1 with Simple and Clean, because... Oh my god, I, that song still fucking slaps. Mm. Uh, oh my god. Anyways, uh, Paige, um, what are your thoughts on our contenders? Yeah, it's tough because both of them are amazing, just like every single category. But like, Belle's my favorite princess. Is my shit. Like, <laughs> you hear the first seven notes of Beauty and the Beast, and I'm crying. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just that powerful, nostalgia wise, and no. No, you gotta go back to when stained glass. Somewhere in there, yeah. I'm pretty tone deaf. <laughs> yeah, there you one. go, Paige. You got it. Thank you. Yeah, That's it's the pro- the prologue. <gasps> I jumped too far ahead. David Ogden steers. Megan, Megan will always win. Okay, yeah, that's all I gotta say. Y'all, y'all have uh, said everything that, yeah, that you I vote totally for all the Megan movies today. You voted Tangled. Megan, voting Beauty and the Beast. All right, Aaron, um, you know that we haven't used our veto yet, and I'm uh, I'm just reminding you because I want to be fair, and I know which way you want to go, and I want to be nice to you because you're my husband, and I love you. <laughs> All right, Aaron, tell us why it should be a goofy movie. Are you guys comfortable in your chairs? Because this is going to take a minute. It's going to take a hot <laughs> sec. You both were at the wall. wedding. You know how... <laughs> you uh you both were at the wedding you Aaron know how can long go I can on talk. about a bitch I can go on about a bitch so I'm gonna Fast. try not to go on and on and on um because 
in reality, both of these movies are very near. Oh no. Uh, both of these movies are very near and dear to my heart, and um, I personally have been influenced by both of them in one way or another. And I I love both movies for almost all the same reasons. Um, both art directions have a very unique and uh, specific style. The music for both of them, I listened to both soundtracks on repeat. Um, one, because I had to, because I was in the musical in high school. The other one, it just fucking slaps. Um, but I enjoy both music. I've seen both movies no less than 20 times since 2000. Um, it's, it is an incredibly difficult choice. Um, so I have to look at the actual categories and kind of take emotion out of it. Um, and it, it honestly, all or all four categories that both of them are neck and neck, if not completely equal on every single category, because nostalgia, they're both nostalgic for me. Um, I watched Beauty and the Beast all the time as a kid. And then um, once I learned what a goofy movie was, I was like, this movie is amazing. And then I couldn't stop watching it and wanting to watch it. Quality. It Beauty and the Beast was freaking nominated for the Best Picture Oscar. You can't say much better else stuff than that. Um, even though we diss on the Oscars now. Um, but a goofy movie, the quality for this movie specifically gets better with time it's because we as viewers when when it first came out were children and as we've grown up with it and wanting to keep going back and watching everything like that we laugh at some of the more cringe stuff but we realize that like both characters because it was written this way are the protagonist and the antagonist both of them have anta antagonistic qualities to the other where in their own story because they're both trying to continue to live their life the way they want to max by growing up and goofy by being a part of max life or max's life um it, it's it is so hard when people don't acknowledge this movie as one of the best because it hurts me emotionally because of how deeply seated this movie is to me rewatchability I have both on DVD and they've both have been pulled out. I've watched them both on Disney plus since it's come out. So the final category um, might be where it decides it for me in the least problematic. Um, the KH value or the kingdom hearts value. Um, Beauty and the Beast has that one because goofy movie would, be I don't know what it would be. It'd Maybe be the gummy ship the is what it would be. <laughs> it would be a rhythm game based on the performance at the end with Powerline. Don't you put that evil on me. That was that was the uh Atlantica level in Kingdom Hearts 2, and I skipped that level entirely. I never went to it. So how'd you feel about so, the rhythm game or rhythm mini game in the Tangled World in Kingdom Hearts 3? I don't remember it, so it didn't leave that much of an impact on exactly. me. Exactly. So that game is ass. Least, I will say that every time it comes up. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. I like it for certain reasons, but yeah, there's yeah, a reason yeah. why I haven't finished it. So um, that being said, uh, Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man PS4 game was amazing. And I still haven't finished that either. So take of that what you will. 
least problematic. This is where it's going to edge out for me. Um, and it's not because of the Stockholm syndrome or uh, because of toxic uh, or the toxic toxic masculinity. It's, Which is a there thing. Are, I'm sorry. Which is a thing. <laughs> Sorry, Stockholm Syndrome doesn't exist in that movie because they're misreading what Stockholm Syndrome is. There is toxic masculinity in that, and it's Gaston, and that's why it's so important and powerful. Continue. They do talk about that in the Cinema Therapy episode. Do you, you watch? I do watch Cinema Therapy. Yeah, yes. it's so good. I but, love it. Yep, yep, you're totally no, right. No, you, you break down the definition of Stockholm Syndrome. She does not, when she gets a chance to leave, she gone. Like, <laughs> bye, adios. <laughs> anyway, yeah, go on. No, I... And when I when I say a goofy movie has least or less problems than Beauty and the Beast, it's not in quality or um, anything like that. There's just there's certain small issues that you come across throughout the movie that instead of it being a nice, flat, solid surface, it has those dips. Goofy movie has it, too. But there's less because it doesn't it's not taking itself as seriously. So it's able to smooth over those issues a lot quicker. I mean, Goofy kills a mime at one point. That's a that's a problem <laughs> or a solution but, to a bigger problem. That is mimes. They're everywhere. All right. They're in our pipes. They're in our sewers. They're combating that's the clown like epidemic. Ah, there's one right behind you. You would never know. But you wouldn't hear it coming. Killer. We just made the same joke. Um but the that's the podcast aaron <laughs> yeah that's true uh i what small pockmarks there are in, in uh, beauty and the beast are slightly larger for me than they are in beauty or in a, a goofy movie it's uh, basically i'm pulling at threads here because they're both amazing movies and i knew this matchup whenever we got to this point i was like this is going to be the hardest one and i will probably be in the minority but logically not even emotionally logically it is a goofy movie because of just that one category that's the one that it has taken over for me is le it's least problematic there's still problems with it. There's still like character choices that are issues like Max and, and everything like that, but they don't go against the Max gets his way in the end and didn't have to change at all. Actually. See there. I'm not saying there's not problems with yeah. it. It sounds like they go a little bit more with the characters. It sounds like Ratatouille for me is like how a goofy movie is for you. We both know in our minds that it's a better movie, but the rest of the group is just going to have to be wrong and they'll take the W. Paige is pointing to the word quality on the screen. I feel we need to readdress that one more time. I love the Goofy movie with all of my heart. I appreciate every single moment of it. But if you're going to compare something like Beauty and the Beast to something that has a possum song, I'm sorry, the quality goes to Beauty and the Beast. Hands down. But for every possum but song, hey, there it's is... it's a great possum song. I love the possum song and Powerline. I love Powerline. Oh my God. The animated Michael Jackson, but like uh, it just has to be beauty and the beast for me. Yeah, I agree with you. Beauty and the beast gets my vote. Did we give, did we give goofy, goofy movie enough love, babe? We, we, we gave it so much love. It, and deserves, here so for far. A reason. it deserves a lot of love. It is in the I, elite eight for a reason. You're right. Yeah. Yes, and I'm happy it made it this far. Um, no, I'm not going to use my veto here. Um, I feel I would be pretty heartless if I were to do that because I like Beauty and the Beast too. I wouldn't have bought you the giant 32 by 40 poster if I didn't. So 
Um, however, I wouldn't have a signed record from uh, the voice actors of Max and Goofy on my wall if I didn't love that movie as much. So I still vote Goofy movie, but I will concede. <sighs> And it's just because Sam and Page are here. And it's just because Sam and I know. I throw that veto out. It, it, without Sam and Page, they're my buffer. Do you see? You're you guys so were my welcome. wall. You're Thank so you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Beauty and the Beast is one. I want to do one thing. And it's in the situation that you and I both vetoed each other. I felt that I'm happening. Gonna a, <laughs> I'm going to do a coin flip. Yes. And that's how it would have gone. We're, Beauty and the Beast is one. That, that is decided. But I just want to know. In an alternate reality where it was just the two of you, this is how it would have decided. We didn't decide which one was which, did we? You didn't. Like, you're just flipping a coin <laughs> okay. for no reason. Again. Beast, the beast has a massive is... head. Done. And then the dogs have tails. Done. They do? They should. In their pants? They don't. Goofy they, and Max? They have gloves. They do have gloves. Well, I they wear gloves. I don't have a tail. <laughs> you wear gloves? Sometimes when it's cold. When it's oh cold my gosh. Outside. We live in Savannah, Georgia, have folks. You, have you guys ever noticed that we're all like wearing gloves? <laughs> <laughs> was that a line from an extremely goofy movie? It was. Yeah. Yes. I laughed Which my butt is off. It's also a great movie. Good sequel. <laughs> but it's not as good as most of the other ones on this. I It holds a very near and dear place to my heart, especially because I was into like rollerblading and skateboarding <laughs> at the time whenever it came out. Yeah. And um, there's some, actually, some really, it helped instill uh the love of ska in me because there's a old school ska song in it um when they're getting into the club uh and like there's like the guy just kind of dancing by himself that's a uh like first or second wave ska song so and i searched for years to find it i finally found it all right so beauty and beast heads goofy movie tales hey google flip a coin we couldn't so, hear that we didn't hear it Oh, I'm sorry. It landed on tails. Oh, well, you could say um, anything now if we can't actually. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Ask our Google. I, I promise. I promise you. Yeah, hold up. I, I have a Google. I have we a have Google, Google here. Too. Hold up. Let me uh, let me check. Okay. Hey, Google. Flip a coin. It landed on heads. Mm, interesting well. that. So we're still tied. <laughs> we're still tied. But Beauty and the Beast wins. As much as my heart hurts now, and my bracket is busted. The bracket uh, is yeah. busted, but I we are act- now down to the final four. Here we go. The big kahunas. We're ready to break some hearts, bust some problems wide open, because we only have two matchups to talk about, and they both suck. All right. Our first matchup, Zootopia versus Beauty and the Beast. Oh. Aaron. Evelyn Hines. I, I really wish I hadn't told you my middle name. <laughs> you sent me a copy of your original bracket. In that bracket, mm-hmm. you had Ratatouille going up against Tangled, and you picked Ratatouille over Tangled. Why, in all of God's green goodness, did you flip once we start recording and talking to girls? uh first and foremost i had actually forgotten i had picked ratatouille over tangled um for the finals because i'm looking at the updated bracket so i was going off of that alone uh but there was a part of you that uh, picked ratatouille over tangled and i want to know what happened to that guy the guy that still loves ratatouille Uh, i think honestly if i had watched it in the last couple of years which i haven't um, I probably would have picked it over it, but I've seen Tangled and Tangled material essentially enough since then that it makes me, uh, 
it just it's just it's a little bit more forefront of my mind in that sense like like you know the part where ratatouille's trying to escape from the kitchen and smells Linguini's terrible stuff and he tries to throw up rats don't have that they don't have a gag reflex i'm sorry your problem and, with the movie about a no, rat chef that cute. controls a guy with hair the problem there is the gag reflex accuracy. No, he likes that Linguini made his soup so terrible that it overrode nature to make a rat gag. Ah, gotcha. It's Sorry. a good thing, Samuel. I yes. misunderstood. He you. seems so angry. I feel like we need to give him like a, a rub on the shoulders and a it's pat okay. on the head, a glass it's of warm okay. milk. We still love you, Samuel. I would love a plate of ratatouille, actually. Oh, all right. Uh, like I just had to concede uh, and give away Goofy Movie, which I had winning. You did. All the way. We saw it. We looked mm-hmm. at the bracket. We saw it. I had Wreck-It Ralph make it to the final four. I, I hope you're all happy. <laughs> all right. That's madness, I tell you, this March. We have two matchups before we go into our <laughs> final one. Our first, as mentioned before, previously. Zootopia versus Beauty and the Beast. Oh, we're starting with this one. We're starting with it. <laughs> we just okay. did it. Let's go again. All right. Let's go hard out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Well... I don't know why you're all looking. Liz, just tell us. Yeah, I don't know why you're all looking at me. You know what I'm going to say. So yeah, just get me, out of the way. No, no, no. Let me re- <laughs> let me refute some. Let me refute some things. Give me, give me, give me reasons like to bounce off of you all. Tell me why Zootopia is better. Come on. Animals. Oh goodness gracious me! Animals. The beast is the best animal ever animated. But he's not a real he's animal. Multiple animals. There's so many animals. He's a wolf and a buffalo and a bear and a human. Mm-hmm. He's a buffalo. His head yes. is kind of bison shaped, right? He's buffalo. I saw that as like lion. There's a little lion in there. There's a little, yeah. There's a lion. The mane that he has is lion. There's actually a breakdown of what each part of him is uh, uh, made of. Gorilla is in there too. Inspired by I will not make this podcast dirty. I will not make this podcast dirty. (laughs) I will. What animal did they draw inspiration from for the penis? If only we had seen. We don't know. Someone check rule 34 real quick. There it is. You don't want to. <laughs> Aaron knows. Let's just let's just say there's been some rabbit holes that I've been down, and um, and there have been some rabbit holes. So, um, yeah, you want to talk about yeah. smut? I would like Nick to and Judy myself. smut. <laughs> Nick and Judy have like terrible stuff going on about them oh, online. It's they were ter- just friends. For first and foremost, it's all consensual. Secondly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is a corner of the internet I have not traversed. I do not feel well. <laughs> Would not recommend it. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, so uh, cartoon junk aside. Yeah. T- please tell us more, Liz, about why you, why Beauty and the Beast is obviously your pick. Okay. Um, I feel like I'm going to retread some ground, so I'll try to come up with something new here. Yeah, as it relates to its matchup against exactly. Zootopia. Against Zootopia, I agree that Zootopia is a movie about a very important message. But I feel like that message sometimes gets a little bogged down in the, well, there is a biological difference between predators and prey. You you can break down the metaphor so far that it's like, I've lost sight of what we're doing here. I'm not saying you should do that. I don't think it's a valid criticism of the movie to say. But biologically, I think you've missed the point on that one. But I will say that the the idea of not judging people by their appearances and improving oneself and realizing, you know, who is the monster, who is the man is a universal, beautiful theme that can be applied to anyone, regardless of romance, just to show human beings kindness especially i think the town in beauty and the beast is like so provincial and basic like that's the whole point the remake try to make them like mo- both more villainous and more sympathetic the whole point is that 
it all it took was one good looking guy, the football jock, to say, Well, I don't like that guy. And they're like, You're right, let's all do that. Yeah, it's it's dangerous and scary and it's it feels real. It it, it honestly does. Um, so I think the stories are both good. I think BB's story is somehow even more universal. Um, and perhaps if it had come out nowadays, there would have been something different about it. Um and I, I agree, you guys point out the fun things about like how he was eight years old when he got cursed. So that's terrible. And it's like, uh, is, is every fork an enchanted servant or are they just enchanted objects? And I think the fun thing about a fairy tale is that you aren't supposed to nitpick it because that kind of takes the fun out of fairy tales. Why did an apple curse Snow White and why did the queen allow there to be a reverse to that spell? Why does every evil person say but you can fix it but it'll never happen but it's just you gotta get a dude to kiss you and you'll be okay also did she want to get with her brother like what snow white yeah yeah that's we did not think of that before until we recently rewatched snow white yeah it's a it's a little terrifying same same kingdom there is a queen she is a princess he is a prince yep yep how related are they exactly (laughs) that let's break down that family tree uh but i think that's the fun part about it like I really love all this stuff in Zootopia. I really do like it a lot. And if it were any other movie, maybe we could have had it going farther. <laughs> uh, I just think that the story is more applicable. And I think the arc of the characters is more engaging and investing. Aaron, your response. Comparing this to to the sports realm, uh, Beauty and the Beast is essentially like Kansas or Duke. Like there's only a few teams that might be able to knock them out. Um, in general and uh they've they've knocked out like the one team that they feel like could could possibly uh dethrone them essentially and uh it's it's beauty and the beast like i love zootopia um i love the message um the visuals i love the the creativeness of the world and the 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 world that they built um if they ever make a sequel i'll look forward to that as well as long as it's of same quality um Beauty and the Beast. I mean, hands down. Paige was nodding and smiling a lot when I was talking, so I want to hear her thoughts. Well, I, I agree with everything that you said, for one. But when I think about what am I going to be watching over and over again in sickness and in health, what will I like never turn down? What am I always in the mood for? It's going to be Beauty and the Beast. What will be the movie that I show my children? Yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah, it'll probably both. be Zootopia both. too. But yeah, of course, yeah, both. Yeah. <laughs> Explain racism but to a three-year-old. I think, like, <laughs> I think like all sixteen, like the the sweet sixteen, yeah. even possibly the thirty-two is like those are all movies we'll show. Like maybe not so much in the sixty-four, but like somewhere between the eight and the sixteen, uh, or sorry, the eight and the thirty-two. There's that's a pretty good list already. Sam, you're our wild card so far in this recording. I mean, I like both of these movies. I mean, I voted for both of them to get to this point, obviously. So I'm, I'm going to go through the criteria again and just try and, you know, math this thing so I don't have to make a decision. <laughs> nostalgia. Obviously, Zootopia is a newer movie, so Beauty and the Beast has more nostalgic value for me. Quality. That's an unfair comparison, but technological advancements and ref- art refining over the decades. Zootopia, I think, in terms of quality, technically takes that one. Rewatchability. That's a toss up for me. I love both of these movies. Um, I guess I could rewatch Beauty and the Beast more because of the music, but I could rewatch Zootopia more for the story and the jokes and the humor and the characters. So let's come back to that one. Least problematic. 
I don't think either of these movies are truly problematic, honestly. I mean, the one edge I could give is that Zootopia tackles a problematic societal blight and it takes it head on and addresses it where Beauty and the Beast is kind of a safer fairy tale. This is tough. I mean, if I hmm, if I had to pick which one I like better or which one I think is more important or which one I think just hits me a little differently as an adult and as a creative, I might give an edge to Zootopia, but not by much, honestly. Like this this could go either way for you me. You mathed your way into that. I saw it happening. Yeah, I, I had to. I mean, it, that's the only option I had. I, like my, my heart is torn. It's like 50-50 Top half and lower half of heart, left and right half. I don't know. I'm not good at that. I'm not. Lemon, in... that is your worst quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I don't know how hearts work. So I, yeah, by a small edge, I would say Zootopia does more for me. That's it. It does it for you there, huh? Oh, yeah. Not just the rule 34 uh, art, just the, you know, the story and everything. Uh, the, um, I, the one thing... Uh, the the quality and like Zootopia didn't necessarily break any records or any new ground with their animation. Neither did Beauty and the Beast. Uh, but they both have They're, kind of be careful there, but I wouldn't call them. They did use the what they did use the three D modeling to make the ballroom scene. Like they literally had that room spin Sorry. around the characters, which they to the eleventh hour didn't know if it was going to work or not. And their plan was to ice capades it, where it would just be them in a spotlight in an empty void just dancing. That was. That was the option if they didn't get this to work. Well, like, that would have been way worse. Exactly. <laughs> that would have made um, Zootopia sorry. win. <laughs> and like, I remember the trailers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember I remember those. Oh. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. I'm just I'm, I'm going down the memory lane. The the animation that Beauty and the Beast did present is some of the best animation of all time because of the very detailed backgrounds, the the camera movements like the shot of bell walking up for um provincial well sorry no um it's called bell bell uh, yeah um her walking up i mean like that was an actual camera movement that they emulated now anim- uh, animated films do that all the time yeah, you can swing the camera around cinemat- in the digital space but back then you had to like slide it like on cells like how are we gonna make this work can we also mention that zootopia was worked on by a couple of SCAD grads. They were like the heads of animation. That's really cool. I did not know that. Yeah. Zach Parrish and Nathan Engelhart. I would imagine that at a certain point, nice. there was a SCAD grad involved in almost every Disney animated movie from a certain year on. At this point, yeah, probably. But they were like important people on that movie. Zach Parrish, I think actually, he made that short that was on Disney+. Plus. Um, it's about those two people dancing in the thumbnail. Oh. Um, what something about the one us. about the rain yeah 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 he directed oh. that oh that's such a good one we really liked that one it's yeah. a really good and i think it's up for really some awards short. yeah so i mean if i'm going just like a from a pure homer standpoint yeah that gets another zootopia gets another point from me for that reason he's such an art student. um i didn't know that and it makes sense because you know all the the rumors are like the oh yeah disney walks in and pulls people and like you're working on our stuff now they do um, that they but, do that at cal yeah. arts yeah <laughs> Because they, I, they I the scad folks got to work for it. <laughs> oh, see, I, I heard that it happened at scad. Maybe not Disney, but like other uh, big properties like that. Would for a, for a minute, that could have been the case because John Lasseter's son went to scad, graduated, 
Then the year after that happened and John Lasseter came and did the commencement address and knocked it out of the park, he became problematic. Or rather, his problematic behavior came to light. He had always been problematic. We just knew about it now. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's no longer at Disney. So we no longer have that connection. (laughs) Well, and I may be misremembering. It may not be Disney, but I remember it was like like dreamworks or other people like big animation companies would come in and do the same thing what they do for cal arts kind of thing but regardless um it makes sense that scad students are working in these properties now because one of the coolest filming film experiences i've ever had or film watching experiences i've ever had was at scad watching incredibles with two animation professors just them talking about the technical difficulties and uh, we talked about that in the last episode too Probably. We, I, we I talk absolutely. about it all the time. <laughs> Sorry, I edit. I know what we talk about. <laughs> so yeah. are we going to are we gonna let me win? Are we gonna... <laughs> it sounds so basic when I say yeah, it Yeah, I mean, way. Beauty and the Beast clearly has the consensus from the group. All right. I will let you know, depending on how this next matchup goes, I actually don't know if it's going to walk away the winner of the bracket. So let's go ahead and do our final of the final four before we get into our final final. Emperor's New Groove versus Tangled. The silence descends upon the room as no one wants to go first. I like them both. I like them both. (laughs) It's so hard. I liked them both. (laughs) Okay, let's math this again. No, may may I be honest? Like, I like them both. I, I have a clear winner in my head already. Well, I could assume. I have a favorite too. Okay. I could assume. Okay. Um, I know your favorite page. <laughs> all right. Uh, be two princesses in the okay. so, Yeah. So Paige, Paige, I'd like you to go first this time. Tangled. Emperor's <laughs> new groove. Oh! I'm sorry. I thought that was going the opposite direction no, for both of you. No. No. It's gotta be Emperor's new groove. All right. Well, Paige, let's hear your rationale. I'm it's sorry, just Paige. gut for be- me. Okay. This is gut for me too. Like I, I, I swear to God, I'm not trying to be judgmental. The boys are like saying, "Why don't they fight more often?" Like, cat <laughs> fight here, here in the studio. <laughs> okay. Um, it's because we're all a bunch of just broke millennials. <laughs> Emperor's New Groove is so infinitely memeable and rememberable and watchable, and it's so damn funny. And Patrick Warburton and Eartha Kitt are the duo we didn't know we needed. And it has a protagonist that starts out as a dick and then has a believable progression from asshole to less of an asshole. Not even like a perfect human being. He still gets Zachary a- Levi. And he was already sweet. He's a heart of gold. Cusco did not have a heart of gold. Cusco was an ass. Paige. <laughs> All alone with enormous piles of money? <laughs> John Goodman. <laughs> John Goodman. I see your Zachary Levi and raise you a John Goodman. Mm-hmm. It's still going to be tangled. And your your pregnant mom. I know. On screen. Yeah. Both are great. Again, I I don't like that I have to pick between them. What are you going to do, Sam? Are you going to side with your wife or me? For Tangled, it's so many different stories resolving great. Like you have the story with two married people who lose their child and hold out hope every single year. That one day she's going to come back somehow. They never speak and they make me cry. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Ah! I know. That's powerful. I know. Then you have the roguish, devilishly handsome rake. Why am I saying all these words? It's because of Jane the Virgin. Um, 
<laughs> who has a heart of gold and blah, 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 blah. You have the main protagonist. It's her story. Like, she's just great. She paints. She likes to read books. Like Belle. Stop it. You know I love her. You know I love Rapunzel. <laughs> this is not a matter of the of me hating one and loving the other. You know this. And then you totally see Mother Gothel's side, too. You see every single side. You have Maximus's story. Maximus's story. I mean, I see Mother Gothel's story. I just think it doesn't justify her behavior. Well, no, definitely not. No, she's the Thanos of Disney villains for me. <laughs> she is unlikable in every way, and everyone who says that she loves her daughter is lying to she themselves. She would totally go after those stones. Absolutely, too. she would. She would sacrifice yeah, I'm sorry. Rapunzel in a moment. Show me these people. Mother Gothel apologizes. There's a lot. Because I got some slap and I got to do. There's a lot. <laughs> they suck. Oh, there are people? There's Thanos apologizers and there's Mother Gothel I mean, apologizers. Thanos, I kind of get. Yeah, with Thanos, I kind of yeah. get. But Mother yeah. Gothel, she's just No, rotten. she's just super selfish. No. I cannot believe that the megalomaniacal killed the half the universe guy is the one that you're willing to give slack on. But this one woman, you're like, nah, he's, it's because he's evil. It's because he had seen what overconsumption leads to and yeah. was worried for everybody. Took it out in a wrong way, an unethical way, but he was doing what he thought was actually a good thing. She's keeping Mother this, Gothel was just selfish. She's just she, keeping this power to herself yeah, to make sure that no one it. else lives forever. Yeah. She is being immortal so that no one else will suffer the fate of immortality. I don't give two shits about Mother Gothel. I just wanted to play devil's advocate for just a second. Those people are wrong. Sam, what She's do you... She's just like, I'm the only one who can be young and hot forever. Sam, you have to answer the question, Sam. Well, I'm not siding between Paige and Liz. I'm <laughs> siding with myself and what I like better. I see where this is going. I see where it's going. Do to. you? Yeah, against <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. I, I, I really like... Again, I really like both. Um, the music in Tangled is obviously better. Because Emperor's New Groove had one song. Yeah. A good song, but just one. But story-wise uh, and the way it hit me and the nostalgia, which is one of the criteria, Emperor's New Groove has it for me. Is that just because it's older? That- I think some of these ones we have to do that, unfortunately. They Partially, are- but also, like we talked about before, it is enigmatic of that era, that post-Renaissance period of Disney, where it was kind of fun seeing what kind of new things they were going to try, different styles of humor they were going to try on. And that one does kind of have like it that. It could have sucked so hard, you it guys. It could have sucked so it hard. Sucked it should have sucked so hard. It shouldn't have but worked. But it didn't. It was great. Happy, happy birthday it from actually... all of us to you. We wish it was our birthday so we could party too. It's your birthday? <laughs> oh, don't worry, hon. We do that all the time. Uh, <laughs> there was actually two songs. Uh, there was the one that uh, is Kusuko's theme song. But then during the credits, you hear uh, a song Sting. by Sting, My f- uh, My Funny Friend and Me. Oh. The reason we know so much about Which, the production of Emperor's New Groove is because Sting's wife wanted to do a documentary about Sting working for Disney on the music. And so that's why we have all this footage about what it could have been when it was called Kingdom of the Sun. And it was this great historical epic romance movie before it became the Emperor's New Groove. Like, it's it's really it, bizarre. Interesting. Yeah, it was supposed to be uh, The Prince and the Pauper, but told in a much grander scale. Um, yeah, it was supposed to be like all these like different characters involved and like this big, almost like road to El Dorado type size of city mm. uh, that they were trying to be in you instead can't of like mention, little isolated. You can't mention road to El Dorado or I'm going to start singing. So you oh, need to. No, t- yeah, we're, we're, we're not doing DreamWorks. This we're doing DreamWorks justice. Bracket. I actually don't know which way Aaron's going to lean on this, to be quite honest. I don't he's know. Gonna I don't think so. I think let's, he's going to lean for let's you. Let's let Paige. the man what? decide for himself. Okay, let's hear it. So, 
I, this this is incredibly tough because I think I had this one um, written on my bracket, but um, I guess I'm already kind of changing my mind from that bracket. He had Emperor's but... going to the top two, but I don't think he's going to go that way. Yeah, like Ratatouille. <laughs> so going uh, uh, kind of what Sam just did with going by, you know, mathematically, um, nostalgia, they're actually, for me, they're both nostalgic because um, it Tangled has been out for so long and even the series has ended and it's still kind of like it's newer but like it's newer in the same vein as like a a goofy movie is newer it's still nostalgic enough for me um quality uh i would say overall quality tangled has the edge because there is a lot more care and taking but i think that's because in person new groove didn't have as much time as tangled did though Tangle did go through a couple rewrites because it was supposed to just be about Rapunzel. And then they included the Flynn character because this was in the middle of Disney trying to be like, oh, only girls like us. So we need guys to like us, too. So we'll buy Star Wars and we'll buy Marvel and then we'll change this movie that's coming out to be a little bit more of both sexes instead of just for for little girls. Never say that simple simple means less quality. The fact that it's just this frenetic 2D animation from his new groove, I think it is highly quality because it wouldn't have worked if they didn't animate it well, if it wasn't fit the theme of the story. Oh, I, this isn't a, a knock against uh, the animation uh, by any means because both animations are really good. I think the animation quality for Tangled is better, but this I'm also including like story and um, themes and everything like that. So there's not really a, a, a centralized theme except for bettering yourself or learning to not be selfish in Emperor's New Groove. Um, rewatchability, they're both incredibly rewatchable, but if I have to pick one, it's Emperor's New Groove. And then least problematic, neither of them have a ton of problems. Um, yeah, we're kind of at the point of the bracket where problematic is. Just go in the beginning, but. <laughs> well that wasn't that wasn't problematic because it was like insensitive like he was yeah. just a jerk of a character we could who say reforms. we could say that emperor's new groove appropriates the imagery of aztec and mayan culture without and south america without actually saying anything upon that and that's back when it was kingdom of the sun and it was really important to the culture that they were living in and now it's just aesthetic looking llamas exist buildings look yeah, like that. Is that appropriation or it's it's it, as far as it goes it's the least problematic of the problematic ways you could use culture. It's Yeah, it's but is it, it irrelevant well, to the point that you could put any slap of color over it and it wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter to the story at all. Yeah, I think there's a it, there's definitely a line between appropriation and homage. And I think this is more homage. Mm-hmm. They're not taking a it, known story and tweaking it. Or homage, how do you say it? Homage. I don't know. It's homage, sir. Uh, It's close to that line of appropriation, but not so much that it filters over. I put it in a similar category to Avatar The Last Airbender or Korra, where they have a mix of so many different influences and cultures uh, that it's it's not just one specific one. But then having white actors play people of color, that's where it kind of does feel like appropriation. Um, Because even like Pocahontas... Pocahontas was voiced by a white woman, we or at least Pocahontas left so early in the bracket, <laughs> so hard. Yeah, there, 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 there's a factor there. But I freaking love that movie, y'all. <laughs> the music's popping. I it's like good. it. I love Grandmother Willow. Mm. 
young Christian Bale. <laughs> it's probably. I thought it was Mel uh, Gibson, sweetheart. My... He was John Smith, but Christian right. Bale was the guy with the beret. That's it. What was his name? Thomas. Thomas. Young Christian Bale. Yeah. That's John Smith. <laughs> Paige and I actually came up with a term for a trend we were noticing in some Disney soundtracks when we were like listening to all of them on the way back from our Disney trip. In several Disney movies, there is a song at the beginning that stylistically, tonally does not really match the rest of the movie or soundtrack, but it's like a bunch of dudes singing. I'm like, oh, we this is the burly opener. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're harvesting ice. Oh, we're sailing to the Americas. Oh, we're... You know, yes. there no, was, I, I believe you. And no other examples. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I'm sure there are other examples, but that it became enough of a trend where I'm like, this is like a thing that they do sometimes. Why? I don't hate it, but I'm just like, why is it there? It could be more cohesive. Could be. It's kind of like the I want, not exactly, but it's kind of like the I want song. It's definitely a, a trope or a trend, not necessarily a bad one, but it's definitely there. That's true, Aaron. And you still haven't answered the question. <laughs> Fathoms below. Mm-hmm. Little Mermaid, thank you. You thought of the other one. <sighs> thank you. I've been logical. I've been mathematical. I've just got to go emotional, and I've got to say emperors. Mm. Oh, sorry, well, Paige. Does Paige still get a veto, though? She could if she wants to. Right here, right now, she could use it. No, because I know who I want to win the whole thing, and so I'll just wait. Ooh, oh, putting all your eggs in that basket. I've been doing that, too. I've been, wa- I've been saving my veto for just such a special occasion. It's the same thing. Okay, mm. very good. All right. So then, out of a out of nowhere, honestly, for a bracket, out of nowhere, Emperor's New Groove takes it, and we now have our final show-off between two films that couldn't be more different. The only thing tying them together is that one of them, one of the one of the protagonists, is turned into an animal, and that's about it. Yeah. So we have for our final two, the final matchup: Emperor's New Groove versus Beauty and the Beast. Let's talk some of the similarities a little more before we talk differences. I think there are some similarities, yeah. honestly, too. You have a protagonist who turns into an animal. That protagonist starts as kind of an asshole, but reforms and becomes a better person through an unlikely friend. We've got the... Uh, Palaces, the... royalty, mm-hmm. evil, skinny bitches. I don't know. No, I don't think that... <laughs> oh, we're talking about the Bimbets? <laughs> yes, and Yzma. And Yzma. Uh, let's see. Patrick Warburton, he's not in both of them. No. Uh, no. <laughs> I think I thought, I think that was the only similarities. I'm really trying to think hard uh, on this there's, one. There's a palace, there's royalty, um, there's a quaint little village. One uh, wants to be converted into a vacation spot, one just is. And Some... if you think about it, at both times, they talk about the hills singing. Mmm. Yeah. <laughs> They right. run through hills singing, I think, is what happens there in like, that one day. That's babe. the sound of music. That's the sound of music but... is what we're thinking of right here. Um, oh, goodness I gracious. want adventure in the great wide somewhere. Yeah, the difference is Bill wants, uh, Belle wants to get out and Pacha wants to stay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are Belle and Pacha the same character in this? Yes, they uh, are then. Yeah. No, they have to be. They're I the guess. analogs for each other. Yeah. yeah. And one falls in love with the protagonist one becomes, becomes unlikely friends, friends. you know but the, the love can be platonic yep yeah agreed so, so love is had by all uh who's Kronk's counterpart in beauty and the beast would that be like lumiere or cogsworth is too serious mm. wait i was thinking there's uh, no himbos in beauty Lefou. and the beast lefou <sighs> yeah and gaston is the isma yeah you're totally gaston right is isma. oh they're both yeah really good yeah the doofus 
Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You're totally right. Yep. 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 That means that Potch's kids are Lumiere Cogsworth and Mrs. Potts. <laughs> <laughs> and the ba- onboard baby that... is Chip. Oh, God. Because the baby is born by the end of the movie, right? True. Correct. Correct. Yeah. But Chip really does save the freaking day. Yeah, Chip comes He's through the He's the Maximus clutch. of this he situation. <laughs> He's the Maximus of this franchise. Yeah. Are there any other... Oh, similarities. Um, They eat very strange food at certain points. Mm-hmm. The, the gray stuff and the bugs. Yeah, they crack the, oh, pill, the giant pill bugs open. Yeah. yeah. And an onion log. <laughs> Just split. <laughs> put gravy on everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we quote probably the most out of the whole <laughs> Is there anything on this menu that, that isn't swimming in gravy? Hang on, I'll ask the chef. <laughs> <laughs> what is that actor's name again, Aaron? Patrick Warburton. Oh, thank you. So Sorry, good. I'm not Aaron, You're but not. I knew She's, that answer. She said it like six times already. I did. Yeah. Just in this part of the conversation. Sorry, I was deep in thought. I talk really quietly sometimes. Patrick Warburton, that's obviously a point in favor. Of it Emperor's is, yeah. New Patrick group. Warburton is a favor point for Emperor's New Group. If we're going to talk about lack of Patrick Warburton, well, clearly there's yeah. only one winner here. <laughs> now, if we talk about lack of Alan Menken, that's a oh, point. Gosh. There we go, yeah. yeah it's so it's just, it's, what is the movie missing that it should have? <laughs> and... David Spade, where he is his one of his least annoying. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very true. Least annoying David Spade. Also, John Goodman. John Goodman. John freaking Goodman. John Goodman. The goodest of men. Angela Lansbury. <laughs> <laughs> she comes stomping in like a mecca. <laughs> Murder, she votes. I once saw him scissor kick Angela Lansbury. Shall I tell you a beautiful story about Angela Lansbury? Please. We have the time. Please do. So, do you have a personal connection to her? No. Oh, okay. No, I just have a beautiful story about her. <laughs> okay, go on. Uh, so Angela got uh, hired to be Mrs. Potts. And they're like, Angela, we have this song for you. We want you to sing like the romantic song, the tale as old as time song, Beauty and the Beast, like main song. And they start singing it for her. And they like they have like a mock-up made. And after the river, she's like, oh, I, I can't sing that. No, that's that's so grand and epic. No, no, I, I couldn't possibly sing that. And they're like, no, no, sorry. We're so sorry, Angela. That's just the mock-up. Here, we want you to sing it as Mrs. Potts would sing it, as you would sing it. And she's like, are you sure? Yeah, 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 okay. So she goes into the booth and she sings Beauty and the Beast. And in one take, she nails it. One take. That was it. Legend status right there. So good. Legend status. Oh my gosh. I have another music story. When uh, Belle says, <laughs> new and a bit alarming. She doesn't do that in the original. Um, someone, uh, Mencken went, uh, no, 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 no. How, Ashman went into the booth and said, uh, no, 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 more like this. And he like he was the one who was like, uh, he had a reference for a famous musical artist who would do that sort of thing in their tune. Like, more like this. She's like, oh, like alarming. Like, that was it. You got it. You figured it out. Huh. <laughs> There's all sorts of little music tricks like that. Can't you see? It's alarming. <laughs> also, I just have to say, I'm sure you know this. Who was the voice actress of Belle? Paige O'Hara. So well, I go. met her. What? Erin got to meet her. Where? Yeah. At a she was at a convention. Uh, we actually, um, I skipped the first part of Liz's birthday party because I went to the convention. Uh, she didn't know this. Uh, to get with a signed like picture. Six, oh, okay, okay. Six uh, six things in my hands uh, to sign. get signed. Uh, actually, a uh, funny story about that. Um, I think I've told this on the podcast, but I can't remember or not. But um, I'm standing in line getting ready to meet Paige O'Hare. I'm the next person to step up. 
And Christy Carlson Romano, also visiting the convention, uh, was like right beside us because uh, it was me in front of the podcast, John. Uh, and she goes, hey, I'm so sorry. I don't have a ton of time. Do you mind if I step in and say hi? And we're like, uh, yeah, you're freaking Kim Possible. Of course you can. And um, she goes up and we actually hear the story that she told Paige and uh, was saying like, oh, I did an off-Broadway production. And I was Belle and I watched your, the movie and your performance like on repeat for like 20 hours straight just to be able to do it correctly. And Paige just like stood up and was like crying and like hugged her. And it was it was a wonderful moment. Um, but I made a drawing for Elizabeth um, that she signed um for for her birthday and then we i think there was also a bell doll and a couple other things but uh she was an incredibly sweet woman and their pay structure was not really existent at that point so i brought in like six things and they're like so you don't want one of these pre-printed like nice picture things <laughs> and i was like no i just want to do this and like she she looks at her handler and she goes i don't know what to charge for this and they go uh 35 bucks i'm like a piece and they go no together i'm like hell yeah do you want a tip too because like i was getting ready to shell out some money and it's like here you go <laughs> can't change your mind now the singer was barbara streisand they told her to sing it like barbara streisand and that's how she oh. got alarming out of it interesting oh, okay. i'd forgotten that well if there's any oh, so singer my, to emulate yeah babs. yeah yeah so my we, tone deaf joke was pretty actually on point then. Yes, you've as always, Aaron, you backed ass first into making a good point. <laughs> we haven't picked a winner. That's just how I live my life, baby. I think I think we know the winner. I think we know the winner. Just delaying the inevitable. I really feel bad because honestly, I I didn't start out with this bracket thinking what I didn't want that to be the case. I wanted I wanted someone to cook step up some movie, not a person, some movie to step up and be like, but actually, I'm really good. Don't you know me? Have you thought about me in a while? But but I think we would have this issue with almost any of the other top four or even top eight, um, in, including the one that went against it. Like all of these choices are very hard, very difficult. I, I think this is like this is essentially the cinder this is the cinderella story no pun intended this is the cinderella story of emperor's new groove making it to the finals versus the clear like first seed almost undefeated in the season kind of thing um however that being said i love an underdog story i'm going emperors really i actually kind of i'm called, going emperors i kind of called you you know what it. fuck it i'll go emperors too oh no let's go two Whoa! on two. Oh, dang it Paige, what are we going to do to let's, make them change back let's, to let's our side? Let's keep this interesting. Hang on. Let's keep this interesting. Hang on. Don't, don't. She has not voted yet. Okay. Do you vote I'm for sorry, Beauty and the Beast or do you so vote right. for Emperor's Page? Beauty and the Beast. Okay, there we go. So <laughs> okay, what are we going to okay. do? Okay. We just needed that on <laughs> record. Thank you. <laughs> didn't want to assume. Let the record show that two votes in favor of Beauty and the Beast and two votes in favor of Emperor's New Groove are currently on the table. Hmm. Um, so we could either try to do a discussion or we leave it to fate fuck that let's no, discuss this let's discuss it <laughs> i'm not gonna let a coin from bezos determine this <laughs> oh all right all right then I, I have an idea uh so we go through the four methods the uh the four things we've already talked about right uh quality rewatchability nostalgia and least problematic and we rate them on a five scale so that oh, you way think we can average a, we'll math our we way into it this we're going to math, math it. it out. 
All right, well, we're going to do like a one out of 10 so we can get really, really specific. I mean, I feel like they're just going to straight 10 Beauty and the Beast, but we can keep it interesting until then. <laughs> Read it out, Sam. What do we got? First one. First criteria is nostalgia. Okay, so yeah. Beauty and the Beast 10. Yeah. <laughs> it is the I most told nostalgic. Going to, it's it is, the most it is nostalgic. Most nostalgic. See, if we had a younger person in this discussion right now who was maybe born in the mid to late 90s, the nostalgic factor for them would clearly go to Emperor's New Groove. Agreed. Without but a doubt. since we are all late 20s, early 30s, are we all 30 plus now at this point? Yep. Yeah. Okay. We're all in our early 30s. So clearly Beauty and the Beast has a nostalgic edge over Emperor's in at least some ways. Aaron, your thoughts? I would actually, uh, I would put Beauty and the Beast at an eight or a nine because it was nostalgic, but I didn't watch it as much as a kid. Um that as I did um, uh, Emperor's New Groove. So um, I would put Beauty and the Beast 8. I would put Emperor's New Groove 9. Well. So far, the Beauty and the Beast scores, and I have the Emperor's New Groove scores for just two of us. Sam, what do you think for Emperor's New Groove on nostalgia? Nostalgia. Emperor's New Groove, I mean, it gets an 8 from me because it came out at at a good time for me. I was young, but not like a child, child. And... For some reason, whenever people came to my house, that's the movie they picked out of my vast collection and said, let's watch this. So I watched it a lot. So it, it became a crowd pleaser. It I was picked, a crowd pleaser. Yeah. I pick eight so, as well for that. Yeah. Page. I'm going to say nine. 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 And you said uh, for Beauty and the Beast. Me? Yeah. Ten. That's what I thought. Okay. We've got our first set of scores. Next category. Next category. I'm not going to tell you how far along we the are. We're gonna, I'm going to tell you the end. <laughs> next, qu- next criteria is quality. Okay. Now, let's elaborate for the sake of this discussion, what you mean by quality, Aaron and Liz? By quality, we mean that this is a a quality product. If we were going to make it down, like this is a a consumable product. It tells its story well. It looks beautiful doing it. Can we break it down into those two groups? Like visual representation versus like story? Story. Sure. We can absolutely do that. All right. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Go for it then. Because this is the big kahuna. Yeah, Absolutely. (laughs) So page that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say like technologically speaking, Emperor's New Groove is like seven or eight. I'll do seven and a half. Okay. Beauty and the Beast is probably like, I got to think about it for the time too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll say eight and a half. 8.5. Bring okay. decimals into this equation. I'm not. I'm rounding is... them up. I'm not okay. doing decimals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So eight and nine. <laughs> yeah. Sam? No. Quality, you say in terms of like a good product that people can consume and enjoy. And there's a couple ways to look at that. I mean, like if you're looking at like an easily digestible product to sell, Beauty and the Beast is a really solid one. It's You could argue it's a flawless one because it's a crowd pleaser. Emperor's New Groove, though, does a little more in terms of its complexity with its humor and the audience it's reaching. And it accomplished a little more while working with a little less, I think. So in terms of quality there, if I, I know these aren't... So is the, that more like marketing? Not marketing. I mean more like... If it, you were to look at it in terms of food, Beauty and the Beast is like that handcrafted burger that you pay $20, $30 for, whereas uh, Emperor's New Groove, I wouldn't even go as far down to say McDonald's, but maybe like Five Guys chicken. or Muya's. It's something that's like a little bit more mass produced. But people still love 
Yes, exactly. And yeah, some sorry. people Not like Five Guys answer. more than the $30 Kraft Burger. Yeah, it's a restaurant versus a fast food chain. I will say, like, it, it's a tough scale, but I feel like Emperor's New Groove is more for the kiddos. And Beauty and the Beast is for all ages. I would actually make the opposite argument. What? Think about not just the story being told, but think about the character interactions and the jokes being told. Beauty and the Beast is very straightforward. There's a very clear antagonist slash villain slash douchebag. I guess it just depends on the adult. Yeah. Like if I'm thinking about it, my mom would want to watch Beauty and the Beast. My dad would want to watch Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. But my dad is also like, I will pick Joe Dirt over Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Or a Marvel movie. You know, like he's on a different level. Well, what I'm what I'm thinking is like Beauty and the Beast is a very easily digestible, well packaged product where it's like nothing's really subtle. Everything's very clear. The motivations are clear. The relationships are clear. Emperor's New Groove, it can, it slips in a lot more jokes and a lot more interactions that are more for the grownups. It's a cult classic. I mean, for that reason, it's it's not for everyone. It's niche. It's specific. But just because only a few people know about it doesn't mean it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Which is to say, what number would you give it? <laughs> well, for quality, I'm going to say... Um, on overall story or animation? I don't think it's fair to compare the animation style because they come from different times. Eh, Emperor's, that's, not, that's not fair. Emperor's, Emperor's New is... is but, I, I get what he's saying. The, it's Beast is older, I, I, but he had they had more money to play with. Yeah. Emperor's New Groove is newer, so they have more technology, but they also had less money to play with. Yeah, I think it's a wash. Okay. Like, uh, I, I, Go ahead. I would I would say this is the moment where we have to make those kind of comparisons. Unfortunately, these are these are the moments where we have to say, even though yeah, Emperor's No Groove didn't have as much money. It we we're in the finals. This is you got to make those comparisons. Go big or go home. <laughs> um, so I I would say like I, as as much as it hurts me to say this, overall product for for the two different uh, splits for this category. Um, for animation beauty and the beast would get an eight whereas his emperor's new group would i would actually only give it a seven um possibly even a six because that. it's a it's a more simplistic style which works for the zaniness and the the slapstick and the the, the overall humor which it, it really does and there are some really nice scenery in it but Com- when you're comparing essentially these two things that you know a more mass-produced hamburger and a handcrafted hamburger you you gotta you gotta give credit where it's due so um they do character designs really well like the, when the guards get turned into the animals that was a really well thought out and funny scene but overall it's still kind of a simplistic animation style so um but for story i would actually go the opposite i would say um emperor's new group especially because they worked on such a short time they were able to turn out this really cool story that isn't a a quote-unquote traditional story or it it is but it's told in a a different and better way um of the emperor's new clothes but then he's made into a llama instead um i would actually say emperor's new group is an eight whereas beauty and the beast is a seven okay i know how we're gonna do rewatchability if you watched this movie in the past year, you get to give it a 10. If you didn't watch this movie in the past year, it's a zero. Not, ha, ha, wait, wait. We've so not watched both saying, zero. Both zero for Paige. We've okay. not watched zero. We've not watched either in the last year. Zero for you. Aaron? At zeros. 
Because, okay. and are you talking now? Hang on. Are you talking 12 months or are you talking past since 12, 2022 past started? 12 months. We can do since tw- uh, past 12 months. Can we just come back yeah, to it's- quality? <laughs> you want to come back to quality? <laughs> yeah, it seems like we're going in circles now because it's hard to quantify what that is. Uh, fair it's, enough. Let's yeah. let's get a really good definition, Sam, because you're coming into this at the end game. We are in the end game. Yeah. What is your definition of quality when it comes to a movie? That can take on so many things. So that's why it's hard to narrow down for mm-hmm. me. Because both are high quality products for very different reasons. Correct. If this is an apples and oranges decision for me. This is filet mignon and a Sour Patch Kid. They're both great. <laughs> They're both really good. There's nothing wrong with either of them in their own context. You would yeah, put them yeah, together. Except for filet mignon. I like filet mignon. <laughs> I do not. I was going to say that I watched Beauty and the Beast uh, twice in the past 12 months. So that would have been a 20 for me. And I'll just add that number into the score. And... Uh, no, uh, 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 I'm kidding. One. I'm kidding. You get 110. <laughs> I'm kidding. You don't get to. You don't get twenty out of that. No, Aaron. Aaron was not feeling poor. Was feeling poorly and went up to bed. Uh, he fell asleep on the sofa, and I saw him fall asleep on the sofa. And the minute his head hit the pillow, I turned back and I put on Beauty and the Beast. And he wakes up ten minutes and is like, "You can't do that. <laughs> I want to." And so he went up to bed, and I continued to watch it. <laughs> and like, I painted till like it? two okay, in the cool. morning watching that movie. Just, I'm sorry. So Sam. We need, a, we need a narrow down. Do you have a Webster's definition of quality that we could perhaps look at to help us in our quest? Yeah, let's, let's look that up. Okay, so the Oxford English Dictionary defines quality as the standard of something as measured against other things of a similar kind or the degree of excellence of something. I like that it's measured against things of a similar kind. If we're looking at the Disney brand, this movie within the pantheon of that, like they, they call it... Uh, like ethos, the the Disney ethos or something where it's like, here is all the products that we're going to make because Disney products are fine tooth comb careful. If that is the case, I personally think that Beauty and the Beast fits more within the ethos of the company because if like DreamWorks or Illumination made Emperor's New Groove, like that's a quality product in those markets because their films are scrappier and funnier like that. I don't know. It, it's like it's like the the top student who gets A's and everything like that, uh, being very successful versus the the C level student who had a great idea while well, he was binged out on cocaine and is now a billionaire in Sacramento. <laughs> oh no, I was I was just saying this is Elizabeth and I basically, but. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> um, I hate to think of it that way that you're Emperor's New Groove and I'm Beauty and the Beast. If we're going to talk I mean, about, if we're going to take in other things to consideration when talking about quality, you talk about the pantheon of Disney movies, what their product is like, it's digestibility, it's marketability, it's staying power. It has to stay. That's the, a mark of a good Disney movie yeah, that it lasts. There is not a ride in Disney World about Beauty and the Beast, but there is a section. There is Gaston's with LeFou's Brew, which is delicious. There's the castle. Made a there's, whole a big castle. Castle. there's a restaurant. Yeah, it's, it has had way more staying power than Emperor's New Groove. It also nominations for things that mm. it's just it blows it away oh yeah that's all i have to say i guess that is true we didn't really talk about awards and much of any of these because we didn't want that to like factor in well, yeah that, but i it shouldn't with though it. this is this is your bracket and this is what you think are the factors that make it better it's subjective 
Paige, you have something to say about rewatchability? Yeah. So kind of going off of what Sam was saying earlier, if you are in a group of your friends and you're like, what movie do we want to watch? It's going to be Emperor's New Crew. Of course. But if I am watching and picking between the two of them, it's going to be Beauty and the Beast. Like, that's just... It's a different experience. Picking Beauty and the Beast is something that you do by yourself. It's like, I want to feel something. Yes. And that's what I want to feel. Th- there are certain products that are made for a group experience. There are certain movies that are funner, w- more fun, more fun with your friends than by yourself. But also, if Sam was to pick between the two of them to watch by himself, it would still be Emperor's New Groove. Probably. Agreed. Because Sam doesn't like sad things. <laughs> I like Beauty and the Beast. That's Aaron's not a sad same. thing. Aaron hates sad things. And there's a lot of no, emotion it's because, in Beauty and the Beast. It's because life is sad enough. I, when I do my escapism hobbies, I want to feel happy. It's about getting in my touch with emotions. your feelings. <laughs> uh, no, I don't hate sad things. I Actually, there are movies that I watch because I know it will make me sad. Um, but it's not... I don't know. Beauty and the Beast has become an experience for me. Not one that I... I uh, shy away from but it's not one I always go for either whereas Emperor's New Groove I can watch at any point in time because it's a boy so movie maybe <laughs> yeah it oh wait what Paige said, it's more of a boy movie Paige is, oh, a boy pa- movie Paige drew the line <laughs> Emperor's New Groove is a boy movie Beauty and the Beast is a girl movie and never the twain shall meet I think that is regressive and sexist for you to make such an <laughs> assumption I'm I sorry think, I think in see, our all cis white experience that's what it is about it really does feel that way and i'm not i'm not trying to i think Paige is onto something here i don't think it's right i don't think it's fair but i do think that romance stories inherently gear themselves toward a more feminine feminine not woman feminine experience whereas slapstick zany comedy off the wall humor tends to be more towards a masculine experience and i love funny and Paige loves funny it's not like we don't like to love to laugh or love to have fun but like Random internet humor is an acquired taste, and that's what Emperor's New Groove is. <laughs> what are the odds that Trapdoor would leave me out here? And you know what? The reason why, in a group setting, Elizabeth and I would probably choose to watch Emperor's New Groove with all of them. It's just us conceding as women again to do what the boys want. I know all the boys. Not just because you watch like it. Emperor's New Groove. No, I totally do. But we love it. Did you did you not hear that? No, we we love this film, but. This but, whole dichotomy is so regressive. But Elizabeth would watch Beauty and the Beast every single time. So I would I watch it every day. Necessary. I disagree with yes, the premise of this argument. I, I would watch it one. every day. I would. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, where where I don't necessarily agree with that. It, like a goofy movie is a great example. Yes, I love the humor, and yes, I love the relationship. Uh, a, a relationship story. Though it not being romantic, it's still a very much a relationship story. Does still have romantic uh, uh, issues with uh, Max and Roxanne, which I personally is one of the big reasons I watch it because Roxanne is my freaking waifu. Like, um, but wait, you're what? There's a oh, term oh, waifu? Oh, sweet. in Japanese subculture oh, oh, page. Oh, perhaps oh, you've sweet, heard of it. Sweet summer child page. Uh, it's a term. Do not Google that term- shit. <laughs> Let, let Aaron no, explain it. Don't no. Google it. Yeah, no, I can explain it in a very much a PG <laughs> I room. can explain. It's my uh, freaking waifu. I'm dying. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron. Sounds uh, like uh, wife and bunny foo-foo mixed together. Boy, Kinda, you're not wrong. You're not far off. Uh, a waifu is essentially a, a character uh, that you have 
kind of romantic feelings for usually in a anime or Japanese animation setting. It's very much an anime culture term um, like weeb or, uh, uh, you know, the episode of 30 Rock where James Franco is trying to, yeah, trying to dispel rumors that he's in love with a body pillow named Kamiko-chan? Yes. Something like a body pillow or an animated character who is drawn to be, like, gratuitously hot or sexy. Of if you love the character. Uh, of, yeah, yes. A very lonely person may, actual, may actually have some emotional attachment to that. And the slang term for that is like, oh, married to this character. It's like, you're, you're, you're a waifu, you know? To be racially insensitive. Oh about yikes! It. Okay, because it's so prominent in anime culture. Like the Japanese pronunciation of the English word "wife" became the 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 nomenclature for it. Okay. Yeah. We're educating patrons so se- much today. Whereas, whereas my waifu is Roxanne. Elizabeth's husband is uh, Beast. Correct. So, but pre-transformation. The- it's important to note. It's pre-transformation. 100% Thank agree. Thank you. I don't know if that's more or less problematic. Although it's, his hands. And this is, I know that animation. <laughs> so. I did the, not know there was a female or a male equivalent of a waifu. There isn't. Oh, yeah. And that's another problem with the gender gap. Yeah. It's sexist. Like you're, saying, like you're saying like a certain kind of person. That, that uh, category has grown quite a bit, especially in the last five years or so. I'm a part of some Facebook groups that like you see something down in some of those subcultures. Uh, it's kind of like a glass bottom boat looking like, Oh my goodness, look at that. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know if I agree with the, the femininity and the masculinity uh, aspects, uh, what you're saying, because I love movies that deal with romantic relationships that aren't. I'm not saying dudes can't crazy. lack that. I'm saying it's your feminine nature. That's like, I enjoy this sort of romantic sappy tug at my heartstrings thing. And there are times I don't want that. I want something that's like an adventure, a rough and tumble. I don't really care about the romance going on. I'm just saying that we all contain multitudes, multiplicities. We all have different vibes right. and feelings. Yeah. If, if just we for were, the time yeah, it came out. Give it to us, Sam. If we were talking, if we were still quantifying these things, like giving a one to 10 score for rewatchability, mm-hmm. I would literally, because this is me, I would give Emperor's New Groove a freaking 10 because it is so dense with jokes. It is so heartwarming. It is so it, it's very much in line with my brand of humor. It helped shape my brand of humor, if I'm being honest. Oh, without so, a yeah, doubt. Same. Yeah, totally. If I had to give a number value to rewatchability of Beauty and the Beast, I'd give it an eight or a nine because it's still good. I rewatch Emperor's New Groove for the jokes in the story. I rewatch Beauty and the Beast for the music. I don't think I've ever watched any other film with. No, I'm sorry. There are two films I have watched uh, with director and actor commentary on. One of those is Lord of the Rings, and the other one is Beauty and the Beast. Like, I love the behind-the-scenes shit about all of that. I love learning and hearing what they have to say about the content of it. I think that's the mark of quality, that there's more to say than just what is shown to you on the screen. But I'm not going to lie and say that Emperor's New Groove didn't found every way that I find a joke funny. I love random-ass internet humor. I, I love that shit. My spinach puffs. There's, it's, <laughs> it's infinitely quotable, infinitely hilarious. And if it was going up against anything else, as it did, this entire bracket, it would be the winner. But we are in Endgame, and it's going up against one of the best, not animated movies, movies that I can possibly think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, Beauty and the Beast is the best Disney movie 
of all time. Just uh, I know a lot of people like to say Lion King or um, uh, Little Mermaid, uh, but in in truth, those movies. I, I have some strong feelings about both of those movies, and there's a reason why Lion King did not move past the first round. Um, probably the biggest upset. What is the will. matter with you people? Uh, yeah, we you you didn't want to be with us in our original part of our bracket. You would have been very sad. Lion King's not as good as everyone remembers it is. I can say with absolute certainty that much like Up, the first 40 minutes of Lion King is a banger. There's nothing wrong with that film. It gets a little weak. I, sad to say when he grows up and Timon and Pumbaa show up. And there's nothing wrong against Timon and Pumbaa. They're my favorite part of that film, to be quite honest. But it kind of loses so much when you see this such a strong start get weaker with him being like, yeah, fuck my family and the rest of Pride Lands. I'm going to live over here at Kuna Matata. And I was like, you've got to come back and deal with this. Like, no. And then his dad has to come and, and ghost whip him into shape and say, get going. Rafiki has to hit him over the head with a stick a couple times. <laughs> so you don't like Hamlet either? One of the seven no, wonders um, of theater world? I Here's my thing with Lion King. At the end of it, it doesn't punish those who did wrong. Scar dies, absolutely. But when Simba goes back and says, I killed him, he he admits to what he did. And the movie was willing to let him die for it. The lionesses were not going to help him out of that jam. He was going to get killed and Scar was going to kill him. And they were going to be like, well, he, he did kill Mufasa, so we have to let him do that. And so it kind of tells the message to kids, like, don't own up to your mistakes. Don't do that. That's a bad thing to do because you'll see you'll suffer for it terribly. You won't get anything. It's only until Scarred Messi killing Mufasa that the lion was like, oh, yeah, we can't kill Simba. Like just because he was, he was a child when he made that mistake. He couldn't possibly have been responsible for Mufasa's death. And yet they're like, yeah, I'm probably should let him die. <laughs> I could make a counter argument to literally everything you just said, but we don't have time. <laughs> we don't have time for that. That is a whole <laughs> also, other episode. Also, this isn't the subject at hand. I'm sorry that I'm the one that was the conductor for this train of thought, this particular train of thought. Yeah, God. This, uh, this is not the subject at hand. So have we figured out? Do you want me to add up the, the numbers? I've got the numbers. I, Can I just say? But we haven't done least we haven't done least problematic yet. So go ahead, Paige. I love that the Emperor's New Groove made it this far. It is a wonderful film. But but it's going up against the one of the best movies of all time. The goat. Yeah. It has to... Like, it. I have no words. Sometimes it comes down to matchups. Beauty and the Beast against another movie might have been an easier call to make. But this uh, this audience and this situation, it, it just it has its own factors going on. I'll add up the so, numbers if you want, but I think yeah. we're going to have to flip a coin. <laughs> we spent a whole hour getting back to flipping I, a coin. I, I think we are, but let's let's still do our due diligence, do this last category, and then we'll see where we are. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Least problematic? Least problematic. Uh, just going to be simple with it. Uh, I think Beauty and the Beast is a six. Sorry, guys. Wow. Mm. You just yeah. want to hurt me. Well, there, no. is, there is an argument to be made there. Not that, not that Beauty and the Beast is problematic by any real metric yeah, but very low <laughs> but since we're literally all we have to do at this point is nitpick let's go ahead and nitpick why is it that bell only started her journey when she had to help a man her father or had to be shown what else could be out there or her story wasn't complete until she fell in love with a nice boy why was that her resolution 
Sorry, I'm just typing up numbers so I don't have Tundra, but Paige, you're going to have to do it for me. Yeah, I just think that's it's like just a lack of female representation in the movie in general. It doesn't pass the what the like she doesn't have a best test, friend. The, she doesn't yeah. have a mom. Test. Yeah, it doesn't pass a Bechdel test. Yeah, she, she just has, doesn't pass it. She has Mrs. Potts. That's about it. That's all she's given, guys. That was all they gave her. Yeah. Uh, 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 ben Betts. I was going to say the feather duster. enemies. What's wrong with her? She's crazy. He's gorgeous. But that is not good female What about the feather duster? Oh, that's true. She hasn't, she hasn't talked to Belle. She's a female character. She doesn't talk to Belle. <laughs> All right. She's, uh, the, feather, the feather duster is like Legolas. She says maybe one thing to Belle and then never says anything for the rest of the freaking series. Legolas does not talk to Frodo. <laughs> Aaron loves that comment because it makes him think that he's seen the movies in any capacity. <laughs> You haven't, I haven't seen them? I've seen the movies multiple times. No, no, no. I've seen the movies. I've seen the movies multiple times. I just don't like them as much as everyone else does. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't want to. You the Beast can't win. I don't want... But that's fair. I'm saying, we, I'm <laughs> saying people can. Trilogy of all time, I'm saying Sam. people can like what they like or and dislike what they dislike. We are here talking about what we like and dislike. Sam's trying so hard to keep us on track, and we are like running like horses at Leeds, trying to go in four opposite directions. No, I am fully focused, and I'm just waiting for everybody to concede. <laughs> we're like we're like dogs without horses over here. I mean, Aaron, you're pretty much there. You said you're really close. You said Beauty and the Beast was the goat. So yeah, I could wear you how- down on this one. I I I can't back down on this one either. Um, I I have to fully still say emperor's new groove it's it's two heavyweights for me uh the only harder choice is one we already made and i conceded for it and i'm still saying emperor's new groove i mean you could argue one is better and you can argue that you want to vote for the one you like more i like emperor's new groove more so i'm voting for it same the beauty and the beast oh okay i'm like sam you like emperor's new groove more hmm I'm so I glad think we brought you guys is, on for this. <laughs> yes, this was the this is a great idea. I'm so glad I had it. Uh, but, <laughs> I just like, think we're going to be here for another 15 hours being like, no, yeah, we're getting nowhere. We need something. We need something. We need someone to break it. Did I, you did you we, add we, the numbers? Up? I did. I added the numbers. Uh, the only one that we haven't finished yet is least problematic. Oh, if you want to quickly throw those out. I, again, I don't think either movie is really problematic. So, so. I'll have everything Same. except for Aaron's being the six. That one six I'll factor in. Yeah, sure. Oof, that'll really throw <laughs> off the curve. It will. What if if all of us are saying tens for both of them? Then Yeah, I guess. Would ten in this case be least problematic and one be like super Most. problematic? Correct. Okay. So yeah. ten being this, one being the Native American scene in Peter Pan. Correct. Cool. Or the crows in Dumbo. <laughs> Which or the whole movie watch. Song of the South. <sighs> yeah. Or me saying that Except Beauty for the, the Beast animated was a girl bits. movie and <laughs> Emperor's New Group was a boy movie. I mean, you're not wrong in some ways, but I'm like... Eh. I do just want to clarify. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you were a little boy at that time and freaking balled out for Beauty and the Beast, I am on your team. <laughs> <laughs> Ball is life. Beauty so, and the Beast is life. I'm so, I'm so close, guys. Give me a sec. It's all good. Went to art school, not math school. Stop it. Math school? Yeah. It's called engineering school. You could, Priest school? You can, <laughs> you can tell that we went to art school. Yes. 
because we don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to, I think we're just going to have to do some sort of tiebreaker. I'm ready for this. Are you ready for da, this? Da, da, Put da, us da, out da, of our da, misery. Da, 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 da. All right. I had to go into the decimals. I added up <laughs> first in each category, I added up each of our four scores and averaged them. Then I averaged each one of those four scores into our final tally. Good so way. all numbers have been accounted for. All averages are there. Both Beauty and the Beast and Emperor's New Group, they didn't tie. But they both are nine point. And here's how close it gets. <laughs> Emperor's New Group is a 9.125. Good Lord. Beauty and the Beast is a 9.25. Beauty and the Beast so wins. So literally... By a, a tenth of a dent. By a tenth <laughs> of a point, Beauty and the Beast wins well, mathematically. It, that was an overtime victory <sighs> in the finals against a Cinderella story. <laughs> I'm so Not happy. Not to be confused with the Cinderella story by and if you want the real, and, with if, and if you'd like the best Cinderella, might we recommend Ella? Sorry, Ever After. Not Ella Enchanted. God, no. There you go. No, Ever After. Beauty oh and the Beast God, is our after. winner of the damn bracket. Woo. And the damn bracket is done. That damn bracket. <laughs> Wait, no. There it is. Yay! That being said, I the mean, fact that they're so close, I think, really speaks to the quality, as Sam would say, of both of these products. <laughs> both of these movies, which, which are things we could have quantified harder, but I think it was just our gut feelings at the end. Yeah, at the end of the day... Um, the, the thing that you like about a movie is how it hits you and you can only really convey that by how like what your gut feeling was and what gut you- feelings are why I lost every single bracket for sports I ever made <laughs> because I always put UConn <laughs> at the top because my daddy liked UConn but that being said if you're betting on women's basketball yeah bet UConn yes. every time mm-hmm. Paige and Sam thank you so much for joining us on this really big and I'm sure highly edited episode <laughs> no we appreciated you so much deciding to do this with us because every time we come to savannah we always want to hang out with you even more and discuss really stupid minutia of things that don't matter well we are honored that you wanted to invite us into closing out this bracket you guys have been working so hard on it was tough i mean every every movie at this stage of the game was our true contender so it was fun to talk about um i tell you what to close this off Let's just... Are we going to sing a song? No, we're not going <laughs> to... We've been... No. Boy. Oh. Boy, I wish. No. Uh, we'll just do this. To sign off, uh, Sam, Page, and Aaron, I my I won my bracket, so that's <laughs> fine. But I want each of you guys, what would be your top pick in a Disney bracket? Who would be the winner? Who's... What's the best Disney movie to each of you? Because you looked at the bracket and you saw tons of like, why'd this leave so soon? Why this? Why that? Oh, God. Um, ever? So, 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 like, of the 64 that we gave you, of the 64 in the bracket, all listed up and down the sides, Aaron, you can do this too. Which one? Well, I think you know. You you would have had a goofy oh, movie yeah. winning all of it. So, Aaron had a goofy movie yeah. winning all. It was it was against uh, Emperor's New Groove. So, I did uh, predict that final uh, person. But I had uh, a goofy movie making it uh, all the way. Because I actually had um, Beauty and the Beast uh, losing to Wally. Yes. Uh, because yeah it went out really uh, early when Aaron had Wally go up against it I knew it was going to be tragic for one of us and I love yeah, Wally that's yeah it, it was it was an easy choice to one of the hardest choices in in the entire bracket but yeah uh I, I had a goofy movie winning but I think I had my 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 top four besides Beauty and the Beast I, I was right on all of them in fact oh. I think my top eight 
are pretty true. Um, oh, fantastic. So you did a pretty good job at guessing where we would go on all of this. It, yeah, except for um, uh, Beauty and the Beast, which again, I had Wally going. Uh, I was perfect for the, the top eight. So I was like 90 or 85% or whatever. You are a very good guesser. You read people well. Okay, I'm looking through your bracket well, right now, and this is super tough. I, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Man. I would love to see you guys make a bracket, like, just even beyond what we, what we just discussed. Just go through and we make could it. Do that. I could cut that all out, and we could have your own too. personal brackets up there on the Facebook page so we oh, can man. see what you would have done. I would get super nerdy with it. I would make an Excel spreadsheet and seed them based on their Metacritic and oh IMDb God. and Rotten Tomato scores. Then, from the seedings... I would pair them up like you do, like highest against lowest, and then pick based on my preference. That's how I would do it. Please, but do it this. would take me like weeks. I, I know, and it's too much work <laughs> so, for you. Yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm saying I don't think you have enough time to wait for me. <laughs> and for me, it would be the complete I, opposite. I'd be like, leave me alone with it for five minutes, and I'll give you a winner, and it will still be Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, truth be told, Sam. If you make the time to do that, I would fill it out too. Like I would do it with you on that aspect. Like okay. that would be kind of fun. We went, we're not we posting went this, this for a couple of weeks. We're we're actually really ahead of the game. So okay. we'll give you time yeah. if you yeah. if you are interested. Cool. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'll once I'm done with my work trip, I'll I'll get to work on it. <laughs> and I will say, like my answer at the end of this would probably always still be Beauty and the Beast, just because of mostly nostalgia. Let's just admit it. Mm-hmm. But there. are were three really big heartbreakers for me who went out in the first round and the first one is meet the robinsons yeah Mm. the second one same the second one is moana i know Mm. i know he made me get rid of it i love moana that's hard and then the one that probably hurt me the most was finding nemo against the aristocrats Finding Nemo! That was, we were, I was completely with you, Paige, uh, but Aaron pulled out the least problematic with Ellen DeGeneres and kicked it Ugh. to the curb. Oh. But that's her as a person, not Dory. Ag- agreed, man. Agreed. He still called I, it. I would what? still vote Finding Nemo. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I would too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we would have all, we would have all vetoed Aaron yeah. on that one if yeah. I had okay, you with so, me. So, Paige, your pick, your top pick would still be Beauty and the Beast, right? I believe so. Yeah. I'm looking at this bracket in full. And it's really tough because there's a lot of great movies in here. And I'm kind of torn between two, and maybe you can help me talk it down between them. Honestly, I will, I'm will. i a ride-or-die Ratatouille guy. Obviously, I think it's a wonderful story. It's That's why I love you, Sam. Thank you. Beautifully told. I also love food. So there's a lot to win there. But every time I watch Coco, mm-hmm. it hits me so hard. I'm not... A Latinx individual, and spe- like you know, therefore not a Mexican individual. So that cultural element does not hold a you know a place in my heart because of how I grew up. But the universal theme of family in there and reverence for those who came before you and remembering those you love that is so impactful. I picked Coco over Ratatouille in that matchup. That they should not have been matched up so early on. That is hard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So between those two, if I had to pick one, I might give a slight edge to Coco because every time I watch it, I feel a lot more. So if that, Sam that, had that been in charge of the bracket and put actual math into this, we could have had a real good bracket going I, in. No, like legitimately, I would love to see that because I would love to see like where everyone ranks cuz I know like my number one ranks aren't actually going to be number one maybe except for Beauty and the Beast. Because mm. just have personal preferences. Because like I love Coco, 
but I don't love it as much as other people. Uh, you know, I love the the family dynamics and everything like that. But I went into it with a sour taste in my mouth because of its com- uh, unfortunate comparisons to Book of Life, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. While, while one did a certain story better, Coco is just a better movie overall. So I, I've I've come to terms with that since then. But mm-hmm. I would still pick Ratatouille because I just enjoy Ratatouille overall more. We can enjoy Coco's that an incredible film through both of those movies, Coco and Book of Life. Gabriel Iglesias still got a big fat paycheck for voicing one <laughs> character in one scene. And if there's one uh, thing we can always count on is that Gabriel Iglesias is going to have a good payday. Uh, absolutely. Let's wrap it up. Let's go get some food. Let's yes. go hang out without headphones. And then we'll watch Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yes, we are. You better believe we are going to do that, Paige. Yeah. <laughs> and without Aaron, too. It's, I, I see how it is. We thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we are really glad that we got to finish the bracket. It was our first time ever doing this. I would love to do a different kind of bracket in the future. I know that Aaron and Paige are on the same wavelength about what the next bracket will be. I think it'd be really fun for us to do that. Let's maybe wait till 2023, see what happens this year, because there's a couple coming now that I think are going to really take the cake. Uh, But until that fateful time, they have been Paige and Sam, and that has been Aaron. And that has been Liz. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us. We love both of you so much, and we love all of our listeners, all three of them. And (laughs) uh, we will see you guys next time and hopefully have Sam and Paige again real, real, real soon. We would love that. Moon night. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. And they're married to Mankin. the idea. <laughs>